Well, the Xbox exclusive titles coming to PlayStation and Nintendo is no longer a question of what games and when. In a matter of hours yesterday, during and after the Nintendo Partner Direct, all four games were announced with release dates. And surprisingly, it is happening today with Pentiment, but also in March and April, which has many speculating that the second half of 2024 will feature more exclusive Xbox titles making the jump to rival platforms. And given how fast all of the announcements hit, some fans are asking why they couldn't just say the names on the podcast. And what about the timing? The Nintendo Partner Direct was supposed to happen last week, and that was before we were going to have some sort of Xbox podcast that was somewhat thrown together. Was Xbox going to let Nintendo, Bethesda, and Sea of Thieves announce this, and then just sort of publish a blog? And since the ports are releasing so quickly, this plan must have been in the works for a while. So why let the rumors run rampant? For so long. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video, and that's because it's a live stream, and so you don't have to go looking for it, you don't have to go looking for my thoughts, but if you want to be here for these live streams, remember to hit subscribe and the bell button, that way you don't miss out on the content. And also, just a brief word about all the ways you can support the channel. There is links below to all of our sponsors, Into the AM, Gamer Advantage, The Coffee, but the easiest way to support the channel is to become a paying member at the $6 tier. That'll get you into our members-only Discord as well as extra content, and we appreciate that. If you can't do that, hit that subscribe and bell button so you don't miss out on these live shows. So Xbox wasted no time letting us know what the four games coming to PlayStation and Nintendo were, but also their release dates, and it all happened in the span of about three hours. It all started with a few rumors, and then sources, and then a podcast from Xbox, and it seems that Phil Spencer did not want to say the names of the games because they had a marketing barrage planned for the gaming world. And the timing of this is leaving many Xbox fans with a lot of questions. If these games are porting just this fast and just as quickly, then will more games happen in the second half of 2024? And if the plan was in place for this long, why wait such a long time before speaking to the rumors? And given the timing of when the Nintendo Direct was originally supposed to hit, was Xbox going to let other companies announce this and then just publish the blog post? So first, I want to talk about what happened. The Nintendo Direct, a blog post from Xbox, Sea of Thieves announcement, a PlayStation Twitter account that's staying quiet about the whole ordeal. And second, I want to look at the reactions to all of this. Everybody seems to sort of calm down right after the podcast, but hearing the names and seeing the release dates is causing a lot of reflection and a lot of questions. Lastly, I will give you my thoughts because the rate at which all of this is happening continues to accelerate and speed up. If I was a hardcore Xbox fan, I would kind of feel like my head is a bit spinning. So, what exactly happened? Well, it all started with a couple of rumors, and then those rumors sparked folks with sources to speak out. In January, we heard whispers about Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, and maybe more. Then we heard from reliable sources that Starfield was coming. We reported on that, and then three weeks later, other folks were hearing from sources that Starfield was coming, and that the timeline would be after they deliver the DLC. We also heard games like Gears of War, Indiana Jones, and those were also being considered as well. 
The fever pitch finally rose high enough to warrant a response from Phil Spencer. A podcast was announced, and they took 22 minutes to ultimately say nothing. Some felt the podcast gave them reassurance and that it ultimately nothing was changing, but even though it was clear, a lot was changing. So the seal was broken by the Nintendo Direct. Now, they wasted no time. They opened it up, and they confirmed that Grounded would be coming. And very quickly, I might add, it's not just hitting Nintendo. It's going to be releasing on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and the Nintendo Switch on April the 16th. But Nintendo wasn't done. They basically announced a shadow drop of Pentiment. Pentiment is available today on February the 22nd for PS4, PS5, and the Nintendo Switch. Now, if anybody was breathing a sigh of relief, well, they didn't get to breathe that sigh of relief for very long. In the wake of the Nintendo Partner Direct and the Elden Ring DLC announcement, a Hi-Fi Rush PS5 trailer got leaked. The trailer was quickly set to private, but Xbox has since officially announced that Hi-Fi Rush is coming to PS5 on March 19th, and pre-purchases will be available on PlayStation 5 digital storefronts on February the 22nd. So, if it's unclear... They will be able, uh, right now, it's not clear whether or not they're going to be able to port Hi-Fi Rush to the current Nintendo Switch. Right now, is only slated for the PS5, not even the PS4. Now, they may plan to bring Hi-Fi Rush to the Switch 2, which is rumored to be announced in June and will land in quarter one of 2025. While I think Hi-Fi Rush will do great on the PlayStation 5, I think it would absolutely crush it on the Switch, but it may just be too demanding. The minimum required specs on Steam are pretty low, but it would need to maintain a solid 60 FPS for the game to feel and run well, given that it is a rhythm game. And last, but certainly not least, Sea of Thieves took to Twitter to announce their game coming on P- to PS5 on April the 30th. So the PS5 is getting all four titles, and the Switch and the PS4 are only getting Pentiment and Grounded. Now, I want to pull a few things from the official Xbox blog about this, because it feels and reads very different from the podcast that they did, okay? There is also a very insightful tweet from the official Xbox account, and we're going to take a look at it in a moment. Now, they open up the blog with a statement that again feels like it comes across very different from what they tried to communicate on the podcast. They said, as a publisher and platform, we are committed to meeting players where they are by bringing more games to more people and on more devices. This is the needle shift that I talked about last year when I said they were becoming more of a publisher than a platform. After outlining the four games and their release windows, they ended the blog by pointing back to the podcast, and they summarized by saying the following. They wanted to kind of summarize the podcast and say what it means to be part of Xbox, and they said the following. It means the biggest games in the world will be on Xbox, our first party games will come to Game Pass Day 1, a robust and innovative multi-year hardware roadmap, compatibility with your library is a priority, inclusive of cross-play, cross-save, and robust cloud features, And last but certainly not least, it says that Xbox will continue to help game creators find the biggest audience possible. Now, you might notice there was zero mention of exclusivity, and the final bullet point is the key. If Xbox is helping you find the biggest audience possible, that's not going to be limited to the Xbox console and PC. It will land on PlayStation, and likely the Switch or the Switch 2. Like I said before, saying every screen is an Xbox is completely antithetical to saying this is an Xbox exclusive. That idea is fading right before our eyes. And listen to how they close the blog. So they close out the blog saying the following... 
And as we shared at the Developer Direct earlier this year, players can look forward to Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, Avowed, Indiana Jones, and The Great Circle, and more on Xbox Series X, S, PC, Xbox Cloud Gaming, and Xbox Game Pass this year. There's never been a better time to play, and we can't wait for more players to experience these great games. Again, no mention of exclusive or exclusivity, just where the games are landing. Now, before we look at the reactions to this, I want to look at one last thing that I believe is incredibly telling. The official Xbox account responded to somebody saying that the days of exclusivity should come to an end. And Xbox simply replied and said, the biggest games will be more than just one platform. Now, if that doesn't tell you what that Satya Nadella's vision is driving the ship now, then I don't know what would convince you. Xbox just co-signed on the idea that exclusivity should come to an end. And... How do they say that? Well, they say that the biggest games will be on more than just one platform. How do you not think of Starfield when you see that tweet? So, what have the reactions been to all of this? Well, the first reaction I'm seeing that I do want to address is, during the Nintendo Direct, they announced some rare games coming to Nintendo Online. So now people are saying, oh, it's not just four Xbox games, it's seven. Now, I will readily admit that the timing is interesting, seeing classic rare games like Killer Instinct and RC Pro-Am from my childhood, right, suddenly hitting Nintendo Online at the same day that we're seeing four Xbox games announced going to rival platforms. The timing is obviously interesting. So it certainly looks like rare maybe is isn't being treated like an Xbox-only studio anymore. But these were classic Nintendo games. They are not Xbox games. But this did lead to an interesting observation. People said that Sea of Thieves will be the first rare game on PlayStation in the company's history. This is actually kind of wild, and the thing I'm most interested in about Sea of Thieves is, will they let players turn off crossplay? I don't know if brand new Sea of Thieves players will enjoy dealing with long-standing core audience members that just continue to play the game on PC and Xbox. Some of them are certainly, you know, very nice and very welcoming, but the rest are pretty set in their ways, and they're very experienced. It's not exactly the best first experience to get chased, attacked, and then sunk by practice veteran Sea of Thieves players. I get it. My wish for a PvE-only Sea of Thieves is a pipe dream that they're never going to give me, but if you want players to buy the game and stay in and enjoy it, you don't want the welcoming party to be folks who have played the game for six years. It's not a good recipe for enjoyment. Now, another reaction I'm seeing is, well, more games are going to come in the second half of this year. Now, the reason people are saying this is because of how all four games are landing so close together. February, March, April, each month, right in a row. And there's one game in February, one in March, and there are two games in April. This makes Phil Spencer's comments about no plans or no porting work being done, it makes it really hard to believe him. If these four games were the only four as a test to gather data before pulling the trigger, why would you not spread them out throughout the year? Slamming them all out in a three-month span feels very much like they are planning to do more in the second half. Now, someone might push back and say, no, they're going to do all this before May because May is when Hellblade 2 comes out and they want their titles to be the focus for the rest of the year. I think that's fair. That's a logical pushback. So we're going to have to wait and see what the summer holds in the way of announcements. But right now, 
people are also saying this sort of in line of the idea that more will be coming later this year they said this has obviously been in the works for a while right now this is truly undeniable you do not port games like this this fast especially not four of them the choice to do this was likely made in early 2023 and the execution and the beginning of the work i believe was also in the early or mid section of 2023 What's most impressive about this is how quiet they kept it and for how long, but it really calls into question a lot of what has been said for the last year. Assurances made to Xbox fans and Xbox console owners, but it just doesn't really feel like those assurances are coming true. It's also making folks question the podcast. People are like, well, why wouldn't you just name the games? Like, if you're going to announce them this close together, why wouldn't you say anything? Now, a similar question is, why did they wait so long? They clearly knew they were doing this for a very long time. This was not a sudden decision that surprised everybody. So why let the rumors run rampant? It really makes me reconsider the notion that the leaks were planned and they wanted bigger titles in the public dialogue so they could come out and they could soften the blow of these announcements by being like, well, it's not Starfield and it's not Indiana Jones. But once the games are announced and they land on other platforms, well, the seal is broken. Now they've set the stage, I think, for more to come. So they made the initial announcement more bearable, but after that, anything is fair game. Especially considering their tweet about the biggest games will be on more than one platform. And I know people are going to be quick to say, well, Starfield's already on more than one platform. But you know the spirit of that tweet from Xbox. They refer to themselves as a publisher and a platform in their Xbox Wire blog post. And the context of the statement was against exclusivity and games like Hi-Fi Rush coming to PlayStation. Hi-Fi Rush on PC and Xbox, so clearly, I mean, they already know it's already in multiple places. Xbox considers expanding beyond that, leaving their platform. The last reaction I saw that I think is worth mentioning, and I actually think this is even worth paying attention to, is... There were people saying the devs seem more excited to put their games on PlayStation and Nintendo than when they were putting their game on Xbox. Yeah, it's almost as if what many of us said, Game Pass is value destructive and it works against the aims of a developer. They want to see their games sold. A lot of devs get bonuses related to total sales. They also want as many people as possible to play their game. So expanding beyond the smallest console to the two largest is probably very exciting. They worked hard on these games, and they were put on a subservice that encourages gamers to not buy the game on the smallest console footprint in the market. So yes, it's probably very exciting for the developers. I also saw people saying they're seeing more marketing for these games when they were than when they were put on Xbox. And I said, that's a very simple equation. When you're entering the buy-to-play market, you're going to have a larger marketing budget than when you're just promoting Game Pass. Game Pass is very expensive to sustain, and they're not recouping costs on that game from people signing up for Game Pass. Most people are already there and it's largely plateaued. It took Starfield for them to have their largest gain of Game Pass subscribers. So you have to consider that. When they're marketing a game to hit Cadence for Game Pass, it's not quite the same as putting your game on the Nintendo Switch and the PS5. They're going to market it because they want the games to sell. So, this is a good time for me to sort of transition and to tell you my thoughts on this situation. Now, there's a couple of things to think about. First, They were apparently going to let Nintendo drop this on you, and then seemingly let Sea of Thieves and a Hi-Fi Rush trailer also 
tell you, right? And probably they would just post like a blog post, which sounds crazy, but the leaks and the rumors seem to be the primary reason we even got a podcast or information from them before the Nintendo Direct. Not because Xbox thought that you should be told, but because they didn't really seem to have a choice. The second thing to really think about is, this was planned for a long time. I'm not sure what's more impressive, the fact that they kept it a secret as long as they did, or that they just kept on pushing the same promises and marketing while all of this was happening in the background. It also makes sense of some of the rumors we heard about increasing PS5 dev kit support. There's no way they planned this as far back as they did, and they're not already requiring or looking at other games coming. There's absolutely no way there are not other games planned and already in the funnel as well. And that means that yes, I do think it is likely we see more Xbox exclusive games make the jump in the second half of this year. Which begs the question, what games are the most likely candidates? I certainly don't think you would go back further than they already have, except for maybe certain, maybe remakes or something. I've also seen some suggestions on a tweet where I kind of asked people, I'm like, what do you think is going to come? Now, people are obviously throwing out Starfield. I still think that game's coming over, but it's going to be further out. After all the updates and, you know, every six weeks and then the DLC, I think they're going to want that game to really go through a transformation and a redemption arc and then you'll port it. I don't think they're going to be actively trying to port or do parallel development right now because they're working on updating the game every six weeks and delivering the DLC. And by the time that happens, it won't even register as tectonic or crazy. It'll just be one more game to make the jump from Xbox to PlayStation. But I did see one suggestion that got me thinking. People threw out the Gears of War collection. Now, we have heard about the Gears of War collection many, many times, and it might make sense as to why it just never made landfall. Maybe somewhere along the line, they made this decision, and they said, listen, that's going to be a multi-plat launch. That's why it has not yet hit Xbox. We've heard about this thing for a couple of years. It's coming, it's coming, they're going to announce it. Maybe they pushed all that back because they thought, hey, eventually we actually think we're going to be putting games on PlayStation. So I could see that maybe be one of the ones that finally shows up. It's been five years since Gears 5 came out, so it's time for Gears to make an appearance in some fashion. But the Gears collection is making other people say, well, what about the Master Chief collection? Now, this could basically be the death blow to anybody thinking this is only going to be a few smaller titles. Seeing Halo make the jump in any capacity would be mind-blowing. It feels like a dream to even discuss this in a serious way like we're not joking around or trolling this seems like something that could actually happen but i definitely think it makes more sense of the move if you're going to move the master chief collection instead of halo infinite halo infinite's basically on cruise control and it's headed toward end of life so i don't really think there's a reason to port it over if they bring the Master Chief Collection, though, I could see them saying that the next Halo is a multiplat. It seems insane to say it, but we didn't think anything that's happened in the last couple of weeks would even be possible a year or so ago. Now, I've seen people mention Ori, and I would love to see both of those games land on PlayStation 5. They're some of my all-time favorite games. I've seen some suggest a PS5 update for Hellblade 1, given that right now there's only the PS4 version of it. Some have said Hellblade 2, but that just doesn't fit with the timing, and the window of the dev time from Ninja Theory I think is quite small, and I actually wish they had more time for the game. I have concerns about Hellblade 2. I don't think they've had enough time to develop that game. 
and I don't think it would be ported or multi-plat launched. I just don't think so. I've also seen some people throw out the game, the, the, uh, the name Forza. I'm just not sure PlayStation would want Forza. It's a very popular game, and Gran Turismo is very popular. I don't know if you'd want to have those two titles kind of competing for attention on the same platform. But maybe if you staggered your launches, it'd be nice, right? They could do Gran Turismo games every couple of years and in between have Forzas. I don't know. That might be up to PlayStation. And then Flight Sim is one that was thrown out. I could see that, but it has the word Microsoft in the name. So PlayStation might just say, no, thank you. We don't want something on our platform called Microsoft Flight Sim. All in all, I hope this ends up being a win for gamers. And I hope Microsoft reconsiders their 18-month contract policy as an artist from the Forza Motorsport team recently spoke out about how it affected the game's poor launch. And it sounded all too similar to what happened with 343 and Halo Infinite. Xbox now owns more studios than most companies, and forcing them all under that policy is not going to help game quality. And that's something that they have to consider if they start functioning more as a publisher. You are no longer just trying to hit a cadence of launch for Game Pass. You're trying to sell games. But that's just what I think. What do you think? So let me give you my thoughts and my closing conclusion on this. Okay, so I truly don't think anybody expected this to be this fast, okay? It seemed logical to think that four games would be spread out nicely across the calendar year, like maybe one every quarter, right? As I said, maybe they want to get all these out of the way before Hellblade 2 launches. I think that's a reasonable theory, but you have to remember, Stalker 2 was originally supposed to land in quarter one, so... I have an easier time believing that these games are coming this fast and this close together because there are more games coming. The second thing I want to say is the lingering questions are the ones that I feel are the most interesting, but we like will never get answers to them, right? When was this plan put in place? Were they really going to let Nintendo break the news? And given how long this plan was in play and the rumors that came to the surface... Are the other games that we heard about, are they also coming? Or were they just being considered? And it also makes you wonder why it took so long for folks with contacts at these companies to find out. Very well-connected members of the gaming press, people with direct contacts at these companies, were the last people to find out. Microsoft may be clamping down on insiders. And maybe that's why some of them are deciding to stop playing nice, and they're now being a lot more critical of Xbox and their decisions. My conclusion is this, 2024 is about to be a historic year in gaming, a seismic shift in Xbox's handling of first-party games, and more games launching than you can shake a stick at. The death rattle of the console war keeps twitching, and folks are claiming that, well, PlayStation has no games, you know, they ignore the laundry list of exclusives because they're not coming from first-party studios. Apparently, Helldivers 2, Grand Blue, Stellar Blade, Rise of the Ronin, Concord, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Pacific Drive, Forever Skies, and the Silent Hill 2 remake, none of those games count because, well, they're not first-party studios. Well, I'll tell you what the rest of us are going to be doing. We're going to be playing games because there's plenty of them coming out. And you're welcome to join us. Those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, guys. Welcome on in. I, I don't think anybody thought that this was going to happen as fast as it did. I have to refresh my dashboard. I couldn't see anything about the health of the stream. So thank you guys so, so much 
for being here. Yeah, I have no analytics on the back end right now. Okay. All right. Well, tell you what. Smash the like button. Make sure you guys are uh, on live chat instead of top chat. Go through all your morning rituals. And we do have a goal right now to get to 3,000 members. And if we do, we'll have a big community game night. And we're going to play PvP and Helldivers. And you're like, how in the world are you going to do that? Don't worry. I have it all figured out. And it will be a blast so thank you guys so so much for being here mike on the mic welcome back as a vip he renewed his membership during the show open and then gray bush gaming says yay thanks for eight months gray bush i greatly appreciate that support thank you very much and uh hey hang on let me get out of fan funding here and then let me close my monologue because sometimes the document refreshes and like flashes my face with like a bunch of craziness um all right let me get this usually you guys are so crazy i don't even get to put the goal up usually with it without a without a memory you guys are usually so insane and don't forget about the coffee we don't talk about the coffee there it is joker quinn's like i'm not gonna let you off the hook han shot first and so did you thank you so much joker quinn for starting the day right and getting us to our first gifted member every 25 i give five back and you guys are very very close youtube didn't notify that you were streaming you guys have got to stop relying on notifications i we've said this for years telling me that you didn't get notified that doesn't help me and it doesn't help you you got to figure out another way to know when i'm streaming you've either got to bookmark the page hang out in the discord follow me on twitter like if you rely on youtube notifications this is like the umpteenth time we've said this they are not consistent you will not consistently get notified so telling me you didn't get noted that that doesn't help me or you you got to figure out other ways to get noted man because youtube for how long now i don't know five years they're just like we might send you a notification and we might not so uh, Lycos Tesseract, man, welcome back. Twisted with a two-spot says you didn't have to kill Doc like that. <laughs> hey, man, Doc's out here saying exclusives are bad for gamers, you know? He's, uh, he, <laughs> he's, he didn't say that a couple years ago. <laughs> I never get notified it's normal. Yeah, it's just not consistent, man. It isn't. We, we have preached that message for years. Do not rely on YouTube to tell you that I'm streaming because they won't. Um, Derek says, real talk, if you feel great, oh, it can't feel great if you're a player or fan for the last month or year, defending Xbox and saying that Microsoft wasn't going to do this, and then to find out that Microsoft had it in the pipeline the entire time. That's right? How do you not, how do you not feel like, wait a minute, like I said, I think people are going to have some reflection I think people are going to look back and be like, wait a minute, you, you guys said this this entire time. You, you, you've, been, you've been sitting here telling us all this stuff, saying that console you know, owners are valued and saying things like, you know, we want people, we don't want you to feel like a second class citizen and you know, we can't out console Sony, we got to go out on our own and do all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, you did, you did kind of speak around the issue. But you didn't directly tell us that things would be changing. Then I think it's just insulting to be like, well, we've been saying for a really long time that um, 
you know, when everybody plays, everybody wins, and all these generic stinking taglines. Like, if I was a hardcore Xbox fan and I had been defending them all this time, dude, no. I, I wouldn't I would not at all feel like I had been I had been given an accurate depiction of what was coming. Not even in the least. I it, at the at the end of the day, if you're if you're looking to you know, defend a company like this, and you were kind of you were kind of going hard for them in the paint and saying, "This is going to be our time. This is going to be our year." And then you turn around, and it's like you guys knew about this, and you didn't say anything. You just let rumors run rampant. Like, think about it. Beginning of the year, no, 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 no. Not even the beginning of the year. Do you remember in December? In December, this came out because. We've we've quoted him a lot, and I I actually appreciate a lot of the articles he's written. But Jez Corden was like, "This is not happening." He's like, "Xbox exclusives are not coming to PlayStation. This is just fanboy hopium or something." Is something he said something to the effect of that. So in December of last year, you have guys like that that are like fully supportive of the brand. They write about the brand a lot, you know, and they're like, "This isn't going to happen. These are just silly rumors." Because we all thought they were silly rumors. Like, the first time I heard about this, I was like, I don't know, man. I, like, I think I always thought they bought ABK, and they bought Bethesda, and they're going to start putting games everywhere. I don't think I ever thought they would reach back into the library and say, here's Hi-Fi Rush, here's Sea of Thieves. I always thought this is going forward. This is going to be like, hey, we got all this great property with Activision. We need to make sure and sell it everywhere. And that was commonly my pushback to people that thought like, oh, well, Call of Duty is going to go exclusive. And I was like, there's no way they would do that. There's too much revenue to earn. There's too much revenue to make. That Minecraft was the catalyst. They saw like how much money they could make with multi-platform games across multiple platforms. And so <clears throat> I never thought that they would do this, though. If they would like reach in and say, well, here's Hi-Fi, here's Sea of Thieves. Those are those, especially Hi-Fi. It was so celebrated. It was front and center shadow drop of the Nintendo Direct. And I, I think a lot of people were like, wait, there's no way that would happen. These just sound like rumors. Same thing happened in January. Oh, it's just rumors. It's just rumors. It's just a bunch of ponies lying. Rich Rod with a VIP in 12 months as Xbox fans still defending them to this day. Stop believing Phil Spencer's words. The fan base caused this. They literally killed their own console. I now lo- I no longer feel sorry. They created the monster. Now, I don't I actually don't agree with that. I don't think the fans killed the console. I don't I don't agree with that at all. No. Xbox hurt their console this gen by having a two-tier system and not having a bunch of great first-party games out of the gate. They mismanaged the timing and they decided to do a two-tier hardware system. You you can't blame the fans for that. The fans weren't like, hey man, that Project Scarlet marketing looks great, but could you give us a budget box? Could you give us a weaker box? Wait, that, that the fans didn't ask for that. Now you could say that the fans sort of hand waved it and the and the astroturfing, you know, that that happened when everybody acted like it wasn't a big deal and tried to act like it wasn't a, it wasn't a problem that this wasn't a bad start for the console this console gen Eugene says Phil Spencer went on kind of funny and spouted all this BS why this was going on in the background it sparked all the BS discourse all that nonsense right like he knew this was happening 
like he knew this was happening and he was like well yeah i mean we're we're we're, we can't out console sony we need to go out our own and do our own thing and he said activision blizzard isn't our strategy it's an accelerant to our strategy and i kept trying to tell people i'm like he's telling you he's telling you what's coming he's like this is an accelerant to our strategy and that's why when he said that, and then he did the Famitsu interview, and the CFO said what he said, and Satya Nadella said what he said, I was like, they've been telling you in code for a while what's coming, but then you make like assurances that like console users are valued, and we don't want them to feel like second-class citizens and, and the like. So I get why people feel betrayed, but I do think a lot of them were asking to be blindsided. All the breadcrumbs were there. You, you can't put on a blindfold and be like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe this is happening. I totally didn't see this coming. And it's like, how did you not see this coming? They, they targeted major acquisition property. And then they said that they weren't going to out-console Sony. Nobody connected those dots. Like, a lot of us were trying to connect those dots. And, we you know, you get labeled a pony and an Xbox hater. And I was like, this just seems logical to me. Basic business sense. We have no plans to bring Xbox Game Pass to PlayStation or Nintendo. Okay, I'll give you that one, Eugene. I'll give you that one. He came out, and I tried to tell people at the time, right? This was in December. He made Jez look like a fool. I tried to tell people after that Windows Central article. I was like, he's not answering the big question. It's like, oh my gosh, the CFO just said first-party titles are going to go to rival platforms, and those platforms are no longer considered a competitor, and Phil Spencer doesn't answer the question. He says, we have no plans to put Game Pass on PlayStation and Nintendo. And the fans that accepted that and said, all is well, thank you, Papa Phil, it's like, You kind of deserve to get blindsided by this because that was such a clear dodge if I've ever seen a dodge. A five spot from Rich Rod. It's 100% the fans. They defend them when things are obviously hurting them. In turn, it allows Xbox and Phil to keep screwing them. I give fans 50% of the blame. I was not around commentating on consoles pre-Xbox Series X era. I was a Destiny streamer. So I don't know how fans acted back then. This gen, I have a hard time blaming the fans because even if they would have held Xbox accountable, it wouldn't have changed anything. They had already planned to do a two-tier system with the Series X and the Series S. They had already mismanaged the timing of their first-party property. What, if they would have gotten really mad on their podcast, would that have changed the amount of games that could come out? Brap says, Lono, some Xbox content creators obfuscated what Xbox C-Suite was saying. And Brat, they're getting what they deserve. Right? They're getting what they deserve. Everyone's looking at them and saying, wait a minute, like, yo, Bubba J, welcome back as a member. Like, I, re- I remember last year when the clip got circulated that Xbox content creators were warned about bad news so they could soften the blow. And I was like, that's astroturfing. And they were like, no, this is totally normal. It's totally normal. This has been going on for a long time. And I'm like, the fact that you think it's normal is troublesome to me. You think it's normal for a giant brand 
to reach out to podcasters and YouTubers to soften the blow of bad news. That's called astroturfing. You are quite literally functioning as a marketing PR machine for that company. You're, you're, you're attempting to sway public opinion or, or change how people view something. That is absolutely something that should be called out. And we tried to call it out last year, and I got in a lot of hot water for it, right? Because I looked at that clip, and I was like, what the what the heck? You you just admitted to astroturfing. That, that, you can't think that that's normal. And I, I, man, I got taken to task for that. And here we sit. Here we sit, and it's like, well, maybe... Wait, did the, how many of these people were doing this all last year trying to make things look better than they were? And the consumers are like, look, man, we come to your channel. We follow you on Twitter. We watch your show. You seem like an authority on this brand. We trusted you. Those people have every right to be angry. They have every right to be angry. To say, wait a, wait a minute. <laughs> That's... That's not at all. That's not at all how you should have spoken to us. You should have been on the up and up with us. Astroturfing is such a silly term. Why is it a silly term? Like it's it's a it's a term used for it's not a real grassroots movement. It's astroturf. It's fake. Like they're attempting to concoct public opinion by using people and by using influencers. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of these guys are having meltdowns and they're getting critical. Like, so you guys may have seen the tweet. You may have seen the tweet. I quote tweeted it. I thanked him for it. Tim Dog publicly apologized for personally attacking me. He's like, I had no right to do that. Okay. And I actually really appreciated that. He and I were DMing and I'm like, look, man. I have not attacked anybody back. I've always wanted to build bridges with these people. I said so many times last year, I would much rather come on your podcasts and have fun, lively debates than have to be constantly attacked. I was like, I never personally attacked anybody. So I started giving him flowers in our member streams. I was like, guys, Tim Dog's out here actually just kind of telling it how it is. He's had enough. Okay, and I said just yesterday, I was like, it would be great if he and I, if he could, if he could apologize and he and I could like actually be like, hey, man, I I don't, I don't have any issue with people if they put down, if they put down the weapon and they start hitting, they stop hitting me with it. It's like, I never attacked any of you. I was just critical of Xbox last year. And I think a lot of them are now seeing why. Now they're being critical of Xbox because now they're gla- the, the glasses are off. They're like, oh, this company. It's like, this is everything I said last year. They didn't make good on their Series X marketing. They're just worried about buying property. They're not worried about investing in their studios. Look at what they let happen to 343. And now look at what they let happen to Forza Motorsport. As another artist comes out and says, do these 18-month contracts are a killer. And, and, and what, what do Xbox loyal people do on that? They jump on it and say, oh, well, other companies use contracts in the industry. Yeah, what, what, companies, what companies do an 18-month contract policy? What other companies other than Microsoft? Is that a policy? Every contract worker is on 18 months. 
And that, that's been that's been hand-waved into oblivion. Everybody's going to act like that's no big deal. And look at what it did to two tentpole pieces of property. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, Wheeze. We got some good we got some good VR stuff happening. It looks like they're going to be um, making PSVR two. Are they are they going to be making PSVR two function with PC? Yeah, we're pleased to share we're currently testing the ability for the PSVR two players to access additional games on PC. That's just such a smart move because the VR two is such a great piece of equipment. It's such a good VR. It's so good. Like I I, I remember saying. I know why they don't want to do it because they want to have quality control, but to be quite honest, PlayStation hasn't had good quality control of VR. They've let a lot of crappy ports come over to the PS5, which I call them out about them. Like, what the frick are you guys doing? So I'm glad to see that, but we, we need better we need better quality control. Anyways, that's that's off subject. <clears throat> Who is this guy? He says, Clown, you're the reason we PSN left PS4. I never had an Xbox. I work for my money just like your mom buys you everything. Who are you talking to? Listen, we can't let that kind of toxicity here. You're just you're just attacking people in chat. Come on, man. Come on. We don't do that here. But I think that's why you're seeing, and right now, the thing that you're really seeing is, is you're seeing people kind of draw a line in the sand. They're like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to sit here and defend Xbox anymore. Which is essentially what I did last year. I was like, dude, no. This used to be my main main platform. But after what happened with Halo, and after what happened with the Series X... And then they started looking at buying property. I'm like, what in the world are you guys doing? If you're gonna let, if you're going to let your first party property, if you're gonna let Halo be treated that way, if you're gonna let Forza Motorsport be treated that way, I'm sorry, dude. I can't defend that. Like, what, what are we doing here? It took them long enough to draw lines. Do you remember the hate that I got and the heat that I got when I said, stop holding the line and start drawing some? Do you remember that? I went on that rant. I was like, stop holding the line and start drawing some. And then I get a bunch of attacks and a bunch of hate. And it's like, what in the world? Now you're seeing the same thing happen again. And now... You're seeing prominent Xbox guys say it. They're like, no, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to sit here and be, they were calling it like the cult of Phil. They're like, I'm not a part of the cult of Phil anymore, you know? And at one level, I get it. Like he's a, he's a, he's a sharp guy. He's, he's a well-spoken dude. You know, he's very, he's very convincing and if he's talking to you and DMs and you're getting to go to fun events and you're getting you're getting primo treatment, I mean it makes sense, dude. It'll blind you. It'll blind you. I did the same thing. I got in circles of content creators in the past and they were really big and they were really popular and I looked the other way on shady stuff that was going down and it ended up really hurting me, right? Yeah, people do that. They get close to the glory. They get close to that sh- that shining. Oh, I'm in the inside now, and uh, you know it'll blind you. 
Carlos with a 10 spot. As I get older, I realize that everything comes down to management. You can't micromanage, but you can't just sit back and let it rip either. I love Xbox, but they keep stepping on their own rakes. I appreciate the $10 Super Chat tip. Listen, if you guys are just tuning in, we're talking about this has happened so fast. I'm curious if you got what you guys think about this. Do you guys think there are more games coming this year? Because that's a theory that got started very quickly. Because people are like, February, March, April? That's so fast. You're not even going to spread them out? Does that mean more games are coming? Second half? It's hard not to think that they're getting this all out of the way because as soon as we get into May, it's Hellblade. And then June, it's marketing time, baby. It's announcements time. So... I'm of the opinion that there's probably more coming this year. I'm of the opinion. I am. So, what we're talking about today is not just the fact that four Xbox exclusive games are coming to rival platforms, but it's happening insanely fast. In a matter of, what, three hours, all of the games were announced? They were all announced? And, more than that, it was like the dates are all on top of each other. They're all on top of each other. That, that to me, is the craziest part about it. Oh, I've got the wrong info in here. Shoot. Hopefully that's private over there. Hang on. I'm a dummy. There we go. That's the right key. I probably, I probably just, uh, you'll have to check on that creature. We probably have a, hopefully a private video over there on Rundown. I had the wrong stream key in the wrong spot. It's just amazing that they, they would have let this info drop without the podcast. Do you, do you guys think that that, do you guys think that they were going to do that? I, that's, that's the other part that's crazy about this. Like you were just going to let Nintendo do it. 10 seconds into the Nintendo Partner Direct. 30 seconds. You're grounded. What? (laughs) Yo, Legend Status with 21 months and a VIP. Welcome back. I have both consoles, but I prefer my Xbox Series X. Let's be real. Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are not console sellers. Now, Halo... Um... If Halo and Gears hit PS5, that's where Xbox might be pulling seg- uh, pulling a Sega. I saw people saying Master Chief Collection. Do you guys think that's even possible? Do you think that's the, uh, that that would be the end of the discussion? It'd be like, yeah, everything's coming. It, it, any anything of substance is coming. Like if Master Chief Collection comes, Starfield's coming, dude. No question. No question. If 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 Halo makes the jump, no game is safe. Nothing at that point is sacred. There'd be no reason. If you if you if you put Master Chief on PlayStation, then there I, I would have zero doubts that Starfield comes. Brap says, I think so. I think this was going to be Nintendo and not Xbox that made the reveal. That's that that's absolutely insane to me. D- discussing the fact that they brought four games over. The PlayStation Nintendo is one thing, but the fact that Xbox did this so incredibly fast, that's the part that blows my mind. It's like, that that to me makes me really question, like when Phil Spencer says, oh, uh, we don't have any plans, nothing's being ported right now. I'm like, I don't know if I believe you, bro. I, I don't know if I believe you. 
because if this plan was put in place I believe early to middle of last year if it was put in place early middle of last year then you likely have other games planned as well right like so we're supposed to believe they're going to cram all these games into a three-month window and they'll be like okay let's reassess and see if we should do some more if that's how they were going to do it then you would have spread these games out over the whole year you got four games you do one a quarter and then if you decide after one or two you're going to do another game you've got cushion you've got games still coming and then the next one and then the next one you'd space them out Rap says, Lono, Phil had the chance to tell Tom Warren that Starfield and Indiana Jones would remain exclusive. Phil didn't shoot that down. You're, you're right. You're right, Brap. Eugene says, players also have very uh, little skin in the game and shouldn't be impacted by this at all. I mean, that, that's another topic that came up. What if they give you cross-save? Yo, this shirt looks kind of sick, though. I Like, in the camera angle? This, this is from Into the AM. Remember, we are partnered with them. You can use code LONO or go to intotheam.com slash LONO. That does support me. You know what else supports me? Super Chats, gifted members, becoming a member. Those are all great ways to support. You can join right now. If you join on your own, make sure you pick the $6 tier. The $5 tier is reserved for gifted. We get a big member incentive right now. If we hit 3,000 members before Friday, we're going to have a big community game night for all members on Friday night. My wife's going to be out of town. We're going to play some Helldivers. A five spot from True SSJ Havoc says, Halo, Gears, and Forza. Remember uh, Kid Smooth's song? No, I'm not familiar with the song. They're literally the tent poles of Xbox. If they make the jump, then there's no limit. Crazy. Right? Exactly. 24 spot from Connor says PSVR 2 headed to PC is also a great deal for players cross play on both systems exactly exactly like I think you're going to see more and more games doing this now I don't know I think PlayStation is going to be more across both PC and PlayStation I think that happens more in the PS6 era I think they're still going to primarily spend this era using their big name titles to drive sales but you are going to see their live service games land across PC and PlayStation for sure Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment were likely being co-developed says Eugene two spot from Rich Rod the the goalposts keep moving if Halo goes it was dead anyways I don't know who's saying that. I mean, if anybody's saying that as a Halo fan or an Xbox fan, let me explain something to you. (laughs) If they bring Master Chief over, then that's it. The next Halo will likely be a multi-plat. What reason would there not for it to not be multi-plat at that point? Like if, if you're if you're clutching to that and you're thinking, oh well who cares if they do Master Chief Collection, it's old and nobody plays it anymore or whatever, which isn't true. The Master Chief Collection always had consistent consistent game gamers in it, right? Evidence says love is in the air. Great to see you and Tim Dog made amends. 
Yeah, I, I straight up said yesterday, I said I, I would love to for I would love for people to be like, hey man, we used our platform to attack this guy and to drudge up lies from 2020 and to slander this man. And you know, if they're willing to apologize for that, brother, I'm always very, very quick to forgive and very, very quick to shake hands and say, let's put that behind us, man. That's water under the bridge that we just built. Like, I've always been that way. Maybe I'm that way too easily, right? I'm like a puppy. Like, as soon as you show me some affection, I'm like, yeah, we're best friends again. Like, I'm probably like that to a fault because I, I just, I want people to like me, but I'm serious. Like, it's, 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 it's part of my own personal belief system. I'm never going to be like, no, dude, you're done for forever, you know? There's people who have said things about my family that'll probably always stay on that other side, but, you know... I, I'm I'm open to it. I said it so many times last year. I was like, stop attacking me. Like, let's do a podcast. Let's have a conversation. That's more interesting than calling me a grifter, you know, or 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 a pony or whatever other heinous names that they want to call me. It's like, come on, man. Like, let's just let's be we don't have to be enemies just because we disagree. Isn't it more enjoy I don't know. I think it's more enjoyable to have friends that you disagree with. It makes for a more entertaining day. Right? The fun thing now on Twitter, PlayStation fanboys are saying Xbox games is trash, but now they're super hyped for Xbox games. And remember, they will need to pay $70 for games they hate. Well, that's actually a question that I did not entertain into my show open. Do we even know pricing yet? Or can you see pricing on any of the games? I don't know if they're going to be $70. I, I don't know. Batman gifts a member and bumps a line to two. He says, come on, boys, let's get a little member train going. He's like, we got a, we got a community game night goal to hit. Let's do it. You guys have had bigger days than this. You, the, we, well, not bigger days than this. I'm sorry. Not the t- <laughs> That's not what I meant. We only need about 200 members. And you guys have had huge days. You guys have flexed on the channel before. You certainly can do it again. It's going to be a blast. They treat you like this guy. It's insane. They don't watch your content. I think there are people I think there are people who it's part of their brand to clip and misrepresent. It's what they do, okay? Whether, you know, they're addicted to like salt content and name calling, like that's just part of their brand. They're never going to change. I think it's I think it's part and parcel to their character. It's in their nature. They're just not nice. They're not nice people. It's funny how they're incredibly self-righteous. That always that always kind of amuses me a little bit. It's like you're dedicated to name calling, hating, targeting, and harassing, but you're gonna get self-righteous. Like you're the last person that should be able to judge the actions of another person. But okay. I also think there are people who are easily tricked. They see a clip, they see a thing, and they're like, that guy's a jerk. Like, what the heck's his problem? Because I sit here and talk for two and a half hours, and if you clip me when I'm really wound up, I you can make me look insane. You can. You can make a person look crazy if you you know grab the right clips at the right moments. And I definitely didn't handle last year in the best way. I fed into it. I got really passionate. I took swings. I didn't attack anybody personally. I never made a tweet or a video attacking or slandering anybody. But I definitely was swinging back. And, you know, it's hard not to do that when you feel like a caged animal. When you feel like the whole world's after you, you're going to do that. You're going to lash out. So I certainly didn't handle last year perfectly, but I'm of the belief that there are people right now that are like, 
yeah, I'm done doing this. This is this isn't work. I don't want to do this anymore. They they want to be more about. I don't know if they're going to completely change, but I do think there are going to be people that are saying like, I'm not going to push this PR nonsense anymore, dude. Let's just talk about games. What a great year to change and turn over a new leaf anyway. There's so many games. Like Every other day, you're like, oh, another game. Oh, another game came out. Like, every other week. We don't know the actual prices yet, but I would assume that the stores posted the games that were announced on their websites possibly today or something this week. Well, no, pre-orders... Well, Pentiment's today. So we could probably see that right now, could we not? Uh, Pentiment PlayStation Store. Uh, I don't know if it's in the PlayStation Store yet. It's supposed to drop today. I mean, Pentiment is $20 on Steam. I would imagine... I would imagine it's going to be that price. PS5 limited run. Pentiment is on a region free physical disc for PlayStation 5. This is an open pre-order limited run. How much is how much is it? Pentiment physical release is 40? Why? It's 20 bucks on Steam. I mean, I guess physical versus digital, but other than that, that seems a tad high. Pentiment's 34. How much is Pentiment if you buy it on the Xbox store right now? Is it also higher than Steam? No, Pentiment is $20 on the Xbox store. I don't know. The optics on that's a little... That seems a little backwards. Oh, it's only 35 for the limited run physical because it's a limited run. Oh, limited run always costs more. Okay, so let's wait and see what it costs to get Pentiment digitally on 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 the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation. I guess that is true. That's fair that the people that want that know what they're buying. They're buying a limited run, so it's going to be higher in cost because anytime they do a limited run, the cost per unit's more expensive. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry. Limited run adds 15 to the digital price. Okay, all right. I'm not familiar with that. I've not bought physical in a really, really long time. So, victory with the five spot. Hi-Fi Rush is a day one for me. Tribalists fail to realize that intentionally not giving potentially good games a shot only hurts our platform. I said, you know, people have falsely labeled me a pony for a long time. You, I lost count how many times last year I said Hi-Fi Rush is a great game. Hi-Fi Rush was their strongest game last year. My daughter beat it and loved it. Every time review scores would come up, I'd be like, Hi-Fi Rush crushed it on Steam. I always gave Hi-Fi Rush the credit that it it deserved. I never once tried to act like Hi-Fi Rush wasn't a good game. I only ever said that I wasn't all that interested because it was a rhythm game. Right? It was fun. Anytime my daughter let me play, I had fun. I liked it. But I was never really compelled to be like, yo, I'm going to go the distance with this game because it's a rhythm game. There was the Hellsinger shooter game that was also a rhythm game. You know, and, and who knows? We'll we'll stream it when it comes out. I'll give it a shot and we'll see. We'll see if I can get into a rhythm game, but you know, I don't I don't typically get into uh into, into rhythm games. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee. Thank you so much. Somebody your first name starts with the letter C. I don't want to say your name. Uh thank you so much for ordering some coffee. 
ordered a bag of the dark roast reforgeroast.com <clears throat> that's an xbox fanboy in disguise looking for sympathy who are you talking about Lono, they are overcharging PS versions because they actually buy games, lol. No, 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 no. It's because it's a limited run. We're going to be on later to discuss Pacific Pacific Drive. No, we didn't plan for that, no. Lono got no rhythm? No, I actually have rhythm. I can play the drums. I was in a band. That's how I met my wife. But I just, I've never really gone out of my way for rhythm games. So... If you guys are just tuning in, we've been streaming for almost an hour. Do me a favor and smash that like button. There's almost 900 people here. We should easily have 400 likes. So set our sights on that milestone. Let's get to 400 likes. Appreciate you guys supporting the stream so much. Subscribing is free. It is totally free. And it lets you talk in the chat. And if you want to do a membership, be sure to click the $6 membership. The $5 reserved for gifted. Our community is very, very generous. 5,000 subs for Lona to play Rebirth. I'll play Final Fantasy VII Rebirth if you guys get to 3,500. I don't even need 5,000. I'll make it easy for you guys to make me play that. I'm not, I don't need to make it that hard. No, Reforge Roast does not come in Keurig cups, but they sell reusable Keurig cups on Amazon. Um, and then you can try my coffee. Uh, I think we have a... Yes, we do. We have a command... I have an Amazon affiliate link, so you guys can always use that in the disc in the in the description of a video if you ever order anything from Amazon. They sell reusable K cups over there on Amazon. So, yeah, and this year is just not slowing down. F- Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has got like a ninety three on Metacritic. We're just this year is just not stopping. There's just two. There's so many good games. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. There's plenty of money in that 30% fee for store purchases. Apple makes nearly $50 million a year off the 30%. You'll need to do that. Yeah, it'll probably end up saving you money anyway. K-Cups are kind of expensive, are they not? You know? People that get our coffee really like it. Listen, if you're a coffee drinker, it supports me, and it's not a sponsor. We have a light roast and a dark roast. And if you've never tried coffee before with balanced acidity, you got to try our coffee because it's just, it's so smooth. People drink it with creamer, without creamer. They do cold brew with it. It's very, very uh, drinkable coffee. Yeah, Elden Ring DLC. Could this all be bait and switch has had again? Wouldn't these actions allow Xbox an easier path to acquire studios by saying, see, we're releasing games to all players? Well, I saw somebody say that. They said, well, there's no reason to stop them from acquiring anybody else now, right? Why? Why stop them? If they're just going to put games everywhere, here's my concern about that. I don't like Xbox's creative process because they don't have a problem hurting their own property. They don't have a problem hurting their own property. I'm talking about Microsoft here. I'm not talking about Xbox. There's a difference. And I think that Microsoft, as a corporation, I don't think they're good for creative process. I don't think that they are. Look at what they were willing to do to Halo. 
half of the 343 staff was on a contract and because of Microsoft's corporate policy those people are walking out the door every 18 months and it ruined the game and and what and does Microsoft make a change do they do they make do they make an adjustment no and then what happens Forza Motorsport comes out you can tout your Metacritic score all you want look at the user scores on Steam and look at the user scores on the Xbox console Forza Motorsport has a, a awful score like a 40 or 50 percent why it's bad it's not ready it's missing features it's not a good game and we learn that it had the exact same problem one of the artists speaks out and was like the 18 month policy on contract workers it's a killer you lose all that institutional knowledge he didn't get to stay with the game all the way to the finish line he said I I felt bad he's like you leave he's like I leave you lose all the tricks that I know all 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 the loopholes all the shortcuts all the things that I've learned working on this game it all leaves with me and that is a Microsoft corporate policy. I really want people to consider that. that. That policy affects every single studio underneath their ownership. And I have it on good authority from somebody close to ABK employees that when they did their 1900 layoffs, they targeted full-time employees and they're trying to get people underneath that contractual umbrella because that's how Microsoft operates. I said it so many times last year. Stop looking at Xbox. Phil Spencer's nice. Sarah Bond is nice. Green. Yay. Consoles. Stop looking at them. Look at the man behind the curtain. The man behind the curtain. Microsoft. That is how they treat software development. Thank you Thank you so much, Lyco, uh, Lycos Tesseract, for upgrading your membership. Yeah, people saying Forza Motorsport is fine. You're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. You can't admit that that game is in a bad spot. Racing leagues literally dropped it. They won't use it for for competitive play because it's in such bad state. If you like playing it, I'm not telling you you can't like it. But the game launched before it was ready, missing features, and it's got problems. And it's got a terrible score. It is a 39% on Steam, according to Jessica in chat. And I believe it's at around a 40 or a 50% on the Xbox store. That's a, that's embarrassing. That's a that's a te- that's a te- that's a tent pole title. That is a tent pole title for Xbox. Yo, toasted notes with twelve months. Toasted notes, you've been around a long time. Make sure, guys, if you're still paying for your own membership, a lot of people get gifted. But if you're one of the people that are faithfully paying for your own membership, you want to make sure you bump up from the five dollar to the six dollar tier. I wish I could literally make it a penny so you could just you know, categorize yourself in that bucket, but I can't. It's a dollar more, but it enables us to do a little bit extra for people who are paying for their own membership. Black Panther, who is one of the biggest racing channels, called out the game as well. You could see Forza Horizon coming to PlayStation. I saw people suggesting Forza Horizon. Do you guys think PlayStation would be okay with that? Would they see that as a problem? Hey, somebody ordered some coffee. My man Rich Rod grabs a bag of light roast. We're selling coffee. We're getting members. Thank you guys very, very much. I just I just don't know. Horizon seems like a heck of a game. 
Forza Horizon is probably the strongest next-gen title that Xbox got this generation. Gen A gifts a member. There we go. Takes us to three. There we go. We're gonna we're gonna slow walk us when you guys are gonna make me wait. Right? Almost nine hundred people here, and you're like, make him wait, make him wait. I know. Gen A does another one. <laughs> it's, I knew. It. Thank you, Gen. I knew it. You guys are messing. Single gifted. Add up quick, guys. Do a little single gifted train. Don't let these big guys take all the glory, okay? Don't let them take all the glory. It would compete with Gran Turismo 7. Horizon maybe, but not Motorsport. Forza Horizon is a different racing game than GT7. Angry Pete comes in and drops a member. Thank you so much. Taking us to 5. There it is. 5 out of 25. Tempting a 20 bomb dunker. We'll see if anybody takes the bait. Thank you, Angry Pete. My wife and I were playing Helldivers 2 last night, and somebody from the community named Big Pete joined us. And she's like, do you think he's actually big? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. He's like a teeny tiny dude. You know, he's like smaller than me. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Big Pete. (laughs) Uh, Shadow Lemons gifts a member. Thank you so much. There it is. Little single train. And another one from Rissick taking us up to seven. Appreciate you guys so, so much. And another one comes in from Sneaky Wolf and takes us to eight. You guys are the best, man. If you guys get a gifted membership, man, make sure you get into the Discord. Make sure you get into the Discord. <clears throat> if you want to be a part of, like, community game nights and playing with people, Mick D09 comes in with a single, and D Dizzle comes in with a single gifted. You guys are tearing it up right now, taking us to 10 members already on the day. If you guys are here and you've never been here before, man, this is how this community is, dude. Very, very generous community. And if you can't afford a membership, just be here as often as you can. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit the bell button, smash that like button. That'll uh, that'll put you in line for a gifted man. The more you interact with the channel, the more that happens. Is he even Pete? Yeah, is his name even Pete? And another one comes in from Lone Wolf. And another one comes in from Rich Rod and taking us to the halfway point of 12 out of the 25. Guys, every 25, I give five back to the community so we can easily hit this goal, easily hit this goal together. And mine count toward the goal. We don't like subtract mine. And another one comes in from Joker Quinn. And a five bomb comes in from Rissick, taking us to 18. Did you see the Battlefront collection news? I did. That's not really doing it for me, though. Not really my style of game. And I, yeah, it looked not good for, I get it. I get it. There's nostalgia, but no thanks. (laughs) I don't, thank you so much for gifting another member, Raven. There it is. I can never afford membership, but I have just loved watching over the years. Thank you, Churchery. You should have gotten one if you've watched for that long, right? And a 10 bomb comes in from Kyle Wilkerson, taking us all the way to 29, but not just 29. It's going to be 30 because Darius is going to come in and do a single, tempting a 20 bomb. Whiskey takes us to 31. That's still a 20 bomb away from the 50 milestone. That'd be an agent of chaos. 
And I owe you guys five, and I'm going to do it right now. I always help you guys. I do. I used to do it at the end, but I realized that it helps us hit the goals if I do it right away. It helps us hit the goals if I do it right away. There you go. There's the five that I owe. And Ristic does another one, taking us to 32. All right, all right, all right. We don't want to. We don't. We don't want to. Oh, we don't want to drive people away because we're not talking. All right, let me let's let's see if we can't get the discussion back on what we were talking about. Neo Reaper with a five spot says Metacritic is bad for reviews as it's hive mind driven site and you don't even need to have played the game. I've said for a long time that the Metacritic user scores are pointless. I think the Steam user score and the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store. I think those user scores are the most reliable. I don't think Metacritic user scores are worth anything because they don't verify purchase. Now, it seems like they've been nuking um, review bombs. It seems like they've been nuking review bombs. They, they, they did that recently. People were review bombing. I forget what. What was it? I can't even remember. Yeah, make sure you turn on gifted members on the channel. Make sure it's um, it's there. I wish Lono uh, would do more Crossfire shows. Great place for him to debate. Well, Mooch moved the show to Thursdays, which would make it easier for me to be on. I don't do well in a big environment. I don't. If there's like five or six people on a podcast, I don't do well because I refuse to interrupt and talk over people. It's, it's just beat into me after 42 years. And so... I always struggle to like get a get a get a get a word in. Those guys are kind of accustomed to it, right? It's kind of a it's kind of a bit of a rumble. I call them broadcasts, right? Just a bunch of bros hanging out, having a good time. I love the vibe, but like I I'm bad at it. I'm not good at it. I'm better in like a round table, three or four people max. So I really struggle on those shows. And then I'm like, wow, I just spent two hours doing this instead of sitting with my wife. And I said five minutes. I talked for five minutes. It's like, you know, yeah, I'd love to come back on BRAP. I would love to come back on Basement Radio RK Podcast. I would love to. I just, I, I'm too, people always get mad at me. They're like, you're too polite. They're like, just speak in. And I'm like, I can't do it. I, it feels awkward. You know, I can't do it. I like, I struggle to do it. And then it throws me off my rhythm in my game. Like I can't talk like I talk fast and, and punchy and on point. I can't do it. If I have to like stumble in to talking, I'm just, I'm just bad at it. I do brap rants too, uh, where it's me and a guest. See that I get down with that brap. I'm so much better in, in a two to four person show. I do so much better in that environment. Once you get up to like five, six, and seven people, I just shut down. I can't do it. I'm not good at it. And a lot of it's because I've been doing this for eight years and all of my habits have been formed. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, man. I'm just bad. I'm just, it's a, it's a me problem, you know? I don't want to seem like some diva. Like, I'm not coming on a podcast if I don't get to talk a lot because that's what people think. And it's like, no, it's because I, it's, I'm, I, I'm choosing to do this instead of sitting with my wife on the couch. I want it to be productive. I want it to be good. I don't want to sit there and not talk. Like, what's the point of that? It's like, you know, (laughs) like, I'll just go sit. I'll just record five minutes and you can play it. You know, I don't need to be here for that (laughs) because I'm bad at it. I'm bad at interrupting, you know? You do a one-man show for eight years and do a couple of roundtables over the course of those eight years. Yeah, I just can't. 
The worst is when the show is like eight dudes and none of them have cameras. Well, no, that's a vibe. People like those shows. I call them, um, I call them broadcasts. That's what I call them. I think there's a demand for it. People dig it. It's kind of like a Twitter space. It's a little crazy. It's a little chaotic, and people dig it. It's not my cup of tea. Like you, like when you come here, this is a very like. I have a monologue that I wrote. I literally use a dadgum teleprompter. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a very different vibe of content. So, and I think there's room for all kinds of different content out there. There's no right or wrong way. Yo, good morning, feed. Good to see you. If it's Forza Motorsport, uh, it's, it's at best mediocre, and I have like 140 hours in the game. Among the recent racing releases in the last two to three years, it's not in the top five for me. Yeah, we were discussing, so you guys rudely interrupted me with, with generosity, so thank you for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, thank you again for the members, guys. D- definitely appreciate it. I'll give you guys a member count here in a minute and tell you where we are, how close we are to the member goal for Friday night. Um, so... We've been discussing like what games we think could potentially make the jump because the theory is this is happening fast and close together and people are saying that means more is coming. You guys are actually only about 130 members away from the goal. We are way closer than I thought. We're at 2850 and I add to the total. So you actually are only about 130 members away. It's not as far as we thought. I thought we were like 240 away. We're, We're way closer. So I'm curious, number one, do you guys agree that there will be more Xbox games coming to PlayStation the second half of this year? I think we're going to see less and less hitting the Switch because right now, all four games are coming to PS5. The PlayStation 4 and the Switch are only getting two. They're getting grounded in Pentiment. But Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves are only hitting PlayStation 5, which I think that's a general trend that will hold most of the games that end up making the leap will end up making the leap to the PlayStation 5 and not the Switch. Now, the Switch 2 could certainly change that. Yo, the Neo Reaper, that counts, by the way. It doesn't have to be a gifted. Thank you so much for clicking the join button and for picking the member tier. I appreciate that. Always make sure if you guys join on your own to pick the member tier for 6 bucks. That ensures you get into everything. Thank you so much. Make sure all members that you guys plug into our members-only Discord you can be a part of everything going on. We have a room in there dedicated to like Helldivers and other games. So if you're looking for people to play games with, it's a fantastic community to plug into. Um, okay, so you guys think more are coming. Okay, then the question is what games? What, what games would come this year? I don't know if you would go back further than they've come. I saw people suggesting like Sunset Overdrive and I thought, wouldn't that be crazy? Of all of the things on your 2024 bingo card, I don't think anybody had, like, Sunset Overdrive on it. People were saying Sunset Sunset Overdrive, and I was like, "Ah, doesn't that feel like... I'm not being unkind to Sunset Overdrive. Doesn't that feel like the, the title's too old? Or would that work in its favor? Eugene says, any game with multiplayer. Okay, so any game with multiplayer... Gears, Halo, Redfall at 120. No, I don't think they're going to bother moving Redfall. Have they even launched any of the stuff for the Bite Back Edition? Weren't there supposed to be new characters? Didn't the Bite Back Edition for Redfall promise new characters? Has that even happened? I Like I said, they should just refund those people their stinking money and move on. 
Just EOL that game. Gosh, why bother? Oh, Peppa Pig live service? Yeah. <laughs> Eugene says Gears, Halo. It's an Insomniac game, that's true. Master Chief Collection. I don't think Halo Infinite, no. Flight Sim and Towerborn. Do you guys agree with my observation that PlayStation might be against Flight Sim because it has Microsoft in the name? Am I overthinking that? Or would PlayStation be like, no, we don't really want Microsoft Flight Sim on our platform. And another order of coffee. Thank you so much. Somebody with the first name starting with the letter A. Thank you so much for ordering a bag of the Dark Roast. Yeah, I saw people saying State of Decay 2, Quantum Break, like older titles. Eugene says, you drop a Gears Remastered collection in the Master Chief collection, and you entice people to buy the sequels on Xbox, just like Sony does with their PC games. I could see that. I could see that, Eugene. Wheezy says yes. What are you saying yes to, Wheeze? Probably Ori. Oh, I would love it. I would love it if both Ori games came to PlayStation, dude. I absolutely love Ori. That'd be awesome. Redfall is fixed. It just needs a DLC, a couple new playable characters, and a Battle Royale PvP mode. It would sell on the PlayStation. I do not agree with you. I, I think that game is too sullied to bother to bother porting. I'm glad they, according to you, they fixed it. I don't, what's, has its score turned around at all on Steam? Usually if a game fixes over time, its score improves, right? It's mostly negative overall, and in the last 30 days, it's a 42%. So it's managed to bump up by 7% from 35 to 42. I don't know. That doesn't seem like an improved game to me. You know, we've seen games that launch poorly and then their their recent score is higher than the overall, but that's barely moved. I don't think they would move Quantum Break. Why would you move Quantum Break? Control was such a superior game. I, I know there were people that like Quantum Break. I, Control is quite literally a better version. I, I don't know why you would port that game. I don't think so. Redfall is very much playable now, says Jake, but the game is still just a boring game. Right, Jake, like, it. okay, fine, you fixed the major problems. I, I don't see why you would bother bringing it over, you know? It only has 42 reviews in the last 30 days on Steam, like, nah. Flight Sim on PSVR 2. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, that'd be freaking awesome. Can you imagine being in I mean being in the cockpit, PSVR two, Microsoft Flight Sim. That does sound kinda nice. But I again I'm just wondering. You know? I'm just wondering. I just, I don't feel like Sony, I don't feel like Sony would want a game with Microsoft in the name on there. Microsoft Flight Sim. By the way, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Did you guys look at the trailers? And did you notice anything that was completely absent from the trailers? 
Did you notice? Now, I've not combed over... I think the only one I haven't really combed over was the Sea of Thieves one. But the Hi-Fi Rush trailer, there is zero mention of Xbox. I don't even know if it says Xbox Game Studios anywhere on the trailer. Now, that... I don't Who's doing that? Right? Is PlayStation dictating that and saying, we don't want the name Xbox in these trailers? Or is... Or is Xbox doing that? Does Xbox know if their branding shows up in a trailer for PlayStation, it's going to hurt the reception of that game with the PlayStation audience? PlayStation 5 now has six exclusives with a 90 plus rating. Ragnarok, 94. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, 93. Demon Souls, 92. Spider-Man, a 90. Moss Book 2, a 90. The Last of Us Part 2, 90. Just buy a PS5. I wouldn't be surprised if they just call the next one Flight Simulator. I don't know, man. Microsoft's not going to want to take their name off of Flight Sim. Microsoft Flight Simulator, and that's there. That's like a staple game. Everybody knows about Flight Sim. Just remember the Flight Simulator streams gigabytes of data each time you play. Microsoft has removed references to more Xbox console and controller options for you this holiday yeah I saw that update to the Verge article what's that all about were they making it sound like there was more there was like more stuff coming this holiday did is do you know what I'm saying Microsoft's been the name for a long time Oh, Microsoft Flight Sim. Right, right. I don't think you would just drop Microsoft from it. Yo, what's good, Wooly? Twitter man, I'm so done. What up, gang? Wooly, I saw you out there in the trenches, man. You you, you can't win that fight with people. Anytime somebody's going to say he apologized for all of it, you're dealing with a moron. They've not watched the, they've not watched the videos. They haven't. In both videos, I can test and say certain... I was like, these things didn't happen. Like, they're just, you're just dealing with liars. They can't be bothered to take 10 minutes to watch the thing that they're referring to, man. I appreciate you out there slugging it out for me. But you're just dealing with fools, you know? As soon as they say that, I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm dealing with a, I'm dealing with a fool here. They've not even taken the time to even watch what I said. They're, they're, they're making claims about me. They're speaking for me is what they're doing and they're lying you know misquoting and misrepresenting what I said so just like I you slam them with that upper echelon video and then just walk away you know I've been tempted to 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 put up transcripts of the apologies to be like where in here do I do where I do do I do what you're claiming where in here do I admit you know what I mean just to hand more ammunition to people that like to defend me Yo, a five spot from Dark Taco. Halo for Helldivers. Cut a deal, Phil. Man, there ain't no deal. <laughs> there ain't no deal. What about Power World? What about it? What are you asking, Overkill? Are you asking about where where you think it'll land? Or are you asking a different question?
Monster Hunter Stories would be perfect for X Cloud Gaming, Game Pass, turn-based, large UI. It's also fun. It's tiring to keep seeing games arbitrarily skip Xbox, especially when it's Capcom. Yeah, but it's. I agree with you, Eugene. It's not arbitrary. It's economical. You your platform isn't big enough. How many times did I say, in in I said this in in uh, in the the latter half of twenty two two thousand twenty two. And I said it in 2023. I said, you're going to see third-party developers skip Xbox. No, they're not. No, they're not, Lono. You sound like a pony. You're being an Xbox hater. No, I'm not. I'm being a realist. You have a two-tiered console that requires more development time, and you're the smallest footprint. That's that's a compounding... Fa- those are compounding factors. So you want a developer to spend more time on their game lowering its graphical fidelity to optimize it for your weaker box so they can put it on a platform that has the smallest footprint in the market. Oh, and you fostered a culture of people that prefer to wait for things to hit Game Pass. So they're going to do all this extra work to go to a platform that's not just smaller, but has been basically groomed to not purchase games. I'm just being reasonable. That's just logical. There's no hate that's the reality you think a developer is going to look at they're going to weigh all those realities and say no sure we'd we'd happily lose money we like losing money i watched upper echelon's video again the other day i always feel guilty when i jumped on that bandwagon for a day i don't feel guilty don't dude it was easy to get swept up in it that's human that's just you being human it shows your quality as a person that you reflected, did research, and realized that you had been lied to. I had a person just this morning say, Hey man, I, I saw that clip of you saying that the public doesn't matter. And I, I, I unfollowed and unsubbed. And then they looked into it and saw the context and realized that they had been lied to. You really got to start to ask that question. <laughs> Why are people trying to convince you so so stringently to not watch like what are they scared of (laughs) you know it's like your mom when she was like hyper protective you know I don't want you going and hanging out with Billy you know they're like oh don't watch Reforge Gaming (laughs) what's so scary you know that 5 foot 6 inches 150 pound small white guy you know he's you really really got to make sure nobody watches that guy. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> True SSJ Havoc with a five spot. I had to respond to a moron on Twitter too. I can't stand people who run with narratives, especially when it's proven false. I get physically exhausted. I totally believe Lona was a creep. I still, I'm still pretty sure he's a creep. <laughs> uh... Oh, so you, somebody was asking about Pal World going to other platforms. Hang on, let me see. I want to look at your question, Overkill. Oh, where? I got news for you. If Pal World doesn't land on PlayStation, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. They can't be happy with the results they got on Xbox. Like, they went viral and they're on game pass like wouldn't you rather be 
sold. Like you, you want people to buy the game. You know, I it'd be weird for it to not land on PlayStation. That's it's a very very good game. It's a very popular game. And if 1.0 lands on PlayStation, it would probably sell like gangbusters. Now, I don't think Nintendo would want it, but money talks. Thank you, Jive Turkey Monster, for upgrading to a standard membership. I appreciate that. Something Stubby says, it's tough, Lona. You're truthful and resilient. They fear that. Yeah, well, they better come to grips with their fears because, I, you know what I'm saying? I, if 2020 didn't kill me, your stupid tweet certainly won't. Like... <laughs> Your salt videos won't. <laughs> I endure, I endured a nuclear bomb. You know what I'm saying? Your slingshots are pointless. <laughs> They're weak. Yeah, I don't think Nintendo would ever let Power World come over. I don't think so. They went viral and probably signed a contract for Game Pass that's peanuts. That's exactly right, AOZ. Because the contract for Game Pass and Game Preview predated their virality. So the demand for their game hadn't been proven yet. So they, you know, Xbox got an absolute steal. You know what I mean? They basically got, you know, an all-star NBA player that nobody was paying attention to. And, you know, and they got him for nothing. They probably got him for an absolute song. Like, absolute deal. Like a, like a, I don't think that, like, they got taken advantage of. I don't think they knew that that was going to happen. Just like with Helldivers 2, the two breakout games this year, neither studio thought that that was going to happen. They're like, what the heck is going on? When do you think Sony will start day and date first party on PC? I think they'll start day and date for first party, like non-live service games, because their live service games will always do what Helldivers 2 did. So for like a non-live service game like A Last of Us or A God of War or like a Spider-Man, I think they will be doing day and date probably uh, in the PS6 era. Because I think by the time we get to that era, it won't be considered a problem because they'll spend the the, the, the PlayStation 5 time frame and the PlayStation 5 Pro growing and saturating like they did with the 4, the PS4. And those people are building digital libraries. So when the PS6 rolls around, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Spider-Man 3 is hitting PC day and date. I also don't know if they're just going to blanketedly do it, and the reason for that would be they don't have the infrastructure for it. They're not set up for parallel development. They're set up for porting. So porting companies like Nixus, they take a they take a completed product, and then they're good at saying, okay, now let's bring this over to PC. The infrastructure that PlayStation has invested in supports that. Now, what I think that will lead to is I think you'll see games hit PC a lot faster. I always said they were going to start doing it exactly like the one-year mark. It's like the one-year mark, you put it on PS Plus, and then like a month or two later, you, you port it over. I always said it would be 12 months to hit PS Plus and then 18 months to hit PC, and then I said I think they'll slowly move that line back. Because the Herman Holst interview said at the earliest it would be a year. He always said, he did that interview and he said, the earliest you'll see like a first party title hit PC will be like a year later. And I always thought that makes perfectly good sense. Now again, they start looking at the projections and they start looking at the the, the market and they know Spider-Man 3 
if it hits PC and PlayStation 6 on the same t- at the same time, at that point in time, they're likely going to say it's not going to affect anything. Because nobody's going to be like, well, should I buy a PS6 and continue my digital library, or should I go buy an expensive PC? I don't think that's a compelling offer. I think they already have a library. If the PS6 is, is hitting great levels of performance, they'll just continue staying in the ecosystem. If they port the friends list, the trophies, the digital games, and the own PS3 to PC, PlayStation dies in the next gen. No, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Because if people were going to switch to PC from like console, from like PlayStation, they'd be doing it right now. Because there's already there's already a library of PlayStation games on Steam. I think there is always going to be a consumer base. Like the like the console the console consumer base has largely hit its maximum. And I think those people are gonna stay in there. Why? Well, I don't think people from the mobile world are coming over, and I don't think I don't think there's a there's not that's not a two way door, right? Like, oh, people are going to leave console and start gaming on mobile, and I don't think a lot of the mobile gamers are going to start coming and gaming on console, not in large numbers, not not in large numbers. And I also don't think you're going to see mass exodus of people being like, oh man, I can buy a PS6 for five or six hundred dollars, or you know, because again, you have to think about the average consumer. So right now. There are 50 million PlayStation 5s in circulation, okay? Those 50 million people, do you think they're more like you and me and super informed and could bargain shop on Newegg or use PC part picker? No. They're going to go to Amazon or they're going to go to Best Buy and they're going to buy up they're going to consider a pre-built PC. And most of the pre-built the pre-built gaming rigs are in the $1,000 to $1,500 range. Now, there's a couple you could probably get for like eight or 900 But generally speaking, if you go right now and you're like, oh, I'm going to go get a pre-built PC, you're going to spend three, tw- two to three times more. And the average consumer, we know this, the average consumer is not just going to like voluntarily spend more money unless their value system dictates that. And the value system of console gamers is not... Oh, I'm going to double my hardware spend because I need the absolute best graphics. Because then they got to buy a monitor and then they got to get all the other parts and pieces. Like maybe they need speakers. Maybe they want to get a desk. Maybe they want to get a nice keyboard and you know, a nice mouse. I don't know. I do not think you're going to suddenly compel a bunch of people to leave a system they've been in for a very long time to spend more money. Because like, oh, well, Spider-Man 3 is hitting PC day and date. They're, they're not going to leave behind their digital library. I just don't think so. The, 20, the first 25 million were like us. The second th- 30 million are not, as evidenced by the drop in Switch ownership crossover. I'm not sure what you're saying, Eugene. I wasn't even pricing for a pre-built that gave you an experience that's clearly superior to the console. That's well over 2,000. Rebuilds are still just as cheap as normal parts, but everything is still inflated. NVIDIA selling 3060s out. There. Yeah, well, NVIDIA's, um, their margins and stuff just look so good. NVIDIA's kind of crushing it. Yeah, like a gaming chair. <laughs> Why do they leave it behind? Well, because I don't... I, I don't see a future, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't see a future where Xbox and PlayStation don't primarily rely on Steam for sales of the P- on PC. I, it's, 
Steam is just too endemic to the PC gaming world. Unless the library travels with them. I don't think so. No. Jake, what you're talking about is you're talking about everything they've ever purchased suddenly being playable on PC. I don't see PlayStation doing that. I don't. What we are talking about is maximizing profit. You're talking about something entirely different. Maximizing profit on God of War 7 and saying, let's hit PC day and date, we'll make more money. That's not the same as saying, well, let's make their entire library accessible on PC. You're talking about two completely different things. Yeah, we're trying to see if we can't have a channel that that where the stream shows up in the mobile and the shorts feed mule. So we're doing it on React Reforge Reactions instead of Reforge Rundown because Reforge Rundown subbase doesn't like it. They like to get uploads and they don't like getting like a mobile stream. So we're considering repurposing Reforge Reacts because um, I don't really do reaction content anymore. Eugene says, the first 25 million had a 50% switch crossover. They were more informed, hardcore style gamers. Since then, 30 million sold and the switch crossover dropped to 25%. Huge change in that type of buyer. AOZ says, did you hear the big hint that the next Xbox won't be AMD, which leads to probably making an ARM console? Well, yeah, and then they sign, we're seeing evidence that they signed a, um, a contract with Intel. That's, that's big shift, is it not? To jump from 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 the uh, from AMD Intel like historically speaking that's we've always kind of been in that world and that's one of the reasons people have always been like you got to get off of AMD dude you got to get on Nvidia this DLSS is really awesome DLSS versus FSR is not even a competition right like I I'm, I'm not steeped in that argument I'm just I'm just gleaning from the debates that I've seen so it's going to cannibalize their consoles. People said the same thing about Xbox, and now look. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. I firmly believe that the primary reason the Xbox console demand was worse this gen than last is because they split-tiered the system, had almost zero next-gen presence for the first three years that it was out, and they did it on purpose they constrained the distribution of the series x favored the series s they totally shifted strategy after all that series x marketing all that big talk about up to 120 and standard output 60 and 4k this no way the 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 shrinking demand for the xbox console this gen has virtually nothing to do with day and date on pc that doesn't know we didn't even get a good experiment like if xbox would have come out swinging and it was just the series x and they had killer big next gen first party titles and a bunch of people said well i just didn't buy an xbox because i could get a pc and their console sales dropped then you'd have an argument but they abandoned so much of their marketing and had such weak first-party next-gen presence for the first three years. That's why. And you can't be like, oh yeah, they didn't sell enough consoles because of day and date when they voluntarily constrained production of the Series X. It's just it's just not logical to be like, yeah, it was because they went day and date on PC. It cannibalized the consoles. I don't agree with that. 
I think that's too simplistic of a diagnosis of what has happened to Xbox. Twisted with nine months as a member, bought the shirt you have on. Oh man, thank you. I appreciate that. Dark Taco with a $5 super chat tip says, Microsoft does this every year and pretends to leave AMD and shops around with Intel and NVIDIA to get cheaper parts from AMD. It's normative. 26 months from Dodevas. No, no, no. Hang on, Dark Taco. Maybe I misread. I may have made a mistake. I thought they signed a contract. Sneaky Wolf says, do you think Sony would ever create their own PC launcher similar to Epic? Dodevas comes in with the five bomb. Thank you so much. You guys are only about 130 members away from the big member goal for Friday night. Thank you so much for getting us one step closer. Dodevas. Every 25, I give five, so the next milestone's 50. I'm already paid up on the five that I owe you guys. It wasn't a factor, but it was a big part of the problem. Maybe, maybe I'm off in left field on this, but I firmly believe that in six years, when the PlayStation 6 is out, if they do day and date on PlayStation and PC at that point in time, I do not think that cannibalizes console sales because I think at that point in time, you have a very solid base of people that went from 120-something million PlayStation 4s, they convert over to PS5, they'll convert over to PS6. Day and date's not a threat to that. It's not. I don't think so. Demand for the console is in a good spot. Now, yes, they adjusted their projections because they increased them. If you remember, they're like, let's bump it up to 25 mil. They don't hit 25 mil. And internally, they talked about that. There is stuff going on globally that's affecting their ability to sell leisure items. Like, I don't want to get into what's going on globally, but if you don't think that has an effect on people saying, I'm going to tighten up the budget right now. I, I'm, I don't, the world is in a scary place, so I'm not going to spend. That had an effect on their projections. They talked about that in an internal memo. So they increase their projections, and then a bunch of crazy stuff happens in the world that they have no control over, and it slows down. It's, it didn't just slow them down. It slowed a lot of sectors down. And so they're like, okay, 21 million. That's still, everybody has absolutely, the press has absolutely spun that up into such a false story. You got IGN saying latter stages. You got IGN's editor saying, oh, we might not get a PS5, herder. And then a week later, it's like, oh, they've, yeah, analysts are saying and insiders are saying there's a PS5 Pro coming uh, this year. Do you see what I'm saying? Just like the lack of honesty and accurate reporting and integrity. Just out here lying to the public and misquoting Sony. No, oh, later stages. We might not get a PS5 Pro week later. Oh, there's a PS5 Pro coming. Yes, you doorknob. The, the, yes, there's a there's a there's a PS5 Pro coming. It's so frustrating. The the constant ha- the constant false narratives. So it's like that's not going to slow down. They're going to continue to saturate. They're going to continue to get console conversion. I don't think day and day is a threat. I don't. Because I don't think you're going to suddenly see people abandon their entire library. And I also don't think PlayStation would make it easy for them to do that. I don't think they would say, oh, your library can come with you. 
Your reasoning only worked for one generation. It's not very future-proof. Why does it only work for one generation? Uh, explain that to me. Because Phil Spencer seemed to think that they lost the worst generation to lose because that's when everybody built their digital library. And if that's what gets people to kind of move and stick, there are people building a pretty impressive library right now on their PlayStation 5s. Super Googly with the $20 Super Chat tip says, I have a 4090 PC, but I still use my Series X for playing Party Animals and Power World with my girlfriend in the same room. I, I think there's going to be, be people like that, Googly, that have both, certainly. PSVR 2 coming to PC. Yeah, they're going to add PC support for it. Mm-hmm. I'm on record as supporting that, by the way. When that came up in the past, I said, I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be awesome for PC users to, to be able to do that. You abandon your library on Xbox? I'm not a great test case for that, Lone Wolf, because for five years I primarily played Destiny. And during that five-year time, were there banger exclusives that I bought on Xbox? The library I abandoned on Xbox is largely a bunch of 360 games. Like, I've always said that. I'm like, I have a larger library because what I'm saying is I have a longer history with this company. And it got so bad that... I started leaning over here, but I've not abandoned my library. Number one, I still have a Series X. I've not gotten rid of it. And number two, my library gets less impressive every year because I didn't buy a lot of games during my Destiny era. And were there a lot of Xbox exclusive bangers during the era of Destiny that, like, I could have, you know, what I'm saying is right now, if you get a PS5, you're buying first party next-gen quality games. Why do you think they did a remaster and a remake of Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2? Why do you think they're likely doing some kind of a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn? Why? Because they know new customers will come in and they'll fill their library with next-gen quality graphic titles. You know, Death Stranding, Director's Cut, Tsushima Director's Cut, all of that property at a very, very good graphical fidelity that will transcend very well into the next era into PS5 Pro, PS6 and then it's like, well I'm not going to leave all this behind, these games are great you also have to understand that when they heavily invest in the quality of those games it gives them a a, a longer tale of transcendence of value it's like, you could go back right now and play uh, Tsushima and have have an amazing time, it's a 4 year old game and it's not going to feel like it yeah, Death Stranding 2 looks insane, Wooly. Oh my gosh. That Decima engine. I would actually like it if more people would get off of Unreal and switch to Decima. Decima seems to handle very well uh, when ported to PC. It seems to also interact very well with DLSS. I I would, I would man, that Decima engine's really nice. Or the RE engine, too. Capcom's engine is also very good. It seems very agile. It seems like it goes from console to PC very well. I wonder if you're going to start to see that, like, if we are going to start seeing more and more companies and developers and publishers say, listen, we need to hit consoles and PC, we need to hit consoles and PC, are you going to see a magnetism to Decima and the RE engine over Unreal? If Unreal can't solve some of its issues, um, you know, is is that potentially going to be something, is that a trend we might uh, see? Greenlone, it's gorgeous. I think Frostbite looks better than Decima, but it's way too sluggish. 
it's optimization that's what happens <clears throat> the re engine's amazing very well optimized yeah i'm not an expert in that field but from the outside looking in from the outside looking in the re engine and the decima engine are just fabulous engines they're really really good the future is a game pass subscription that includes a hardware element i don't think so I don't agree with that at all. I don't think there is a strong future for Game Pass. Like, at all. I think Game Pass has plateaued. I think Phil Spencer already said it'll only amount to about 15% of their annual revenue. Um, I think subservices have hit a wall, and Game Pass will likely... Game Pass will likely not really move much of a needle going forward I just don't think so if Sony adds proprietary upscaling tech to the PS6 then the console may be the better choice for like 95% of gamers right like the rumors we're hearing about the PS5 Pro now the rumors we're hearing about Xbox is handheld hybrid cloud hybrid so it's like well if that's the route that they're going then when Sarah Bond says they're they're focused on delivering the greatest the, the biggest technical leap that doesn't mean performance I think they're I think she's talking about something completely different I got really excited when she said that now I was tentatively excited I was tentatively excited because we all got tricked by the series X right I mean that was Nobody saw that coming. I don't. That guy actually followed through and deleted his account. I think he turned his account right back on. I I think he set it to private and then he turned he already turned it back on. I think most people are down with giving up game ownership they they already have i don't i don't think there was any way to stop it there was no way to stop it once they started moving to licenses and yeah and to in and tos is in not actually physical everything being contained on the physical media i i think we we gave that up a while ago Xbox is casting a wider net to max revenue. Consoles aren't growing, and they can't monetize their own store on mobile, so the best bet is growth on PC and other platforms. Mm-hmm. FCAT says the largest technical leap would be GeForce Now on an Xbox. Maybe. He kept his word deleted account due to porting games. I thought I saw a screenshot this morning where he said, I'm back. I swear, I swear I saw... A, uh, a a post this morning where he's like, I'm back. The guy that was like, Hi-Fi Rush will never come to PS5, and if it does, I'll delete my account. It's not about licenses. We never owned games, says Zubair, but we've given up control by giving up physical. Hellblade 2 is going to be game of the year. Um, I don't know about that. I think Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is likely going to be the front runner for Game of the Year. I would love it if Hellblade 2 won, because Hellblade 1 is my all-time favorite game of all time. 
So I would love it if Hellblade 2 won. I think Hellblade 2 will be one of the nominated games for Game of the Year. Like, unless it launches and it's just in terrible shape and it gets bad reviews. I really, oh my gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. So I think Hellblade 2 is likely one of the games that gets nominated, but I think Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is going to be your frontrunner. I mean, I'm just looking at the way the media responded to that game, and who boy, that's red hot. And that's the same media that's going to vote in the jury process. Can Hellblade win if it's 30 FPS? Stop putting that juju out there, man. You think Black Myth's a sleeper this year? Maybe. Maybe. Last Epoch or we riot? I'm really happy for Last Epoch, man. They seem like a great team and a great studio, and that game did very well uh, yesterday, kicking out of the gate. You're up there, you know, you're up there contending with the hot ticket item right now, Helldivers. You know? Helldivers is is got a, a very, very strong potential to win a bunch of awards this year. They got to figure out this server capacity thing, man. You know, my wife and I got in last night. We got to play. I was impressed. I was like, how? But we did. We played a couple missions, and then we watched some Twilight Zone, and we went to bed. It's like the perfect game for people in our stage of life. It's 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 perfect. It just it's so great. It's great for grinders, and it's great for folks that are like, I I don't have a ton of time. And they pushed out the AFK and AFK kick like after 15 minutes, I think. And I bet you that frees up a lot of space on PC. A lot of those PC guys boot up that game, stay in there, and just they just go to work, go to wherever, and then they come back and they're still in. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma 2 is another contender, I think, for, for game of the year. Dragon's Dogma 2, it's not out yet, but that just that's a game of that caliber. I think Dragon's Dogma 2 will be up there. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, Hellblade has a chance to be up there I think just from what we've seen um, yeah Helldivers 2 will be up there for yeah ongoing maybe the, maybe ongoing or multiplayer yeah multiplayer it'll be t- uh, Power World could be up there too because of multiplayer right it's, it's going to be a crazy year This dude is slanted on his rants. The real reason Microsoft Game Pass isn't gaining more subscribers is because of European hate. Europe hates American business. Microsoft, Xbox, they only support Sony, Nintendo. So, okay, let me get this straight. You think I'm slanted in my rants, and you just basically geocentrically made a claim about an entire region of the world. I'm just trying to make sure we're we're paying attention here. That's your that's your argument is that I'm slanted in my rants but you are, you're speaking for an entire region of the world. Okay. I don't find that very compelling. And Xbox is losing market share in America. So. Welfare Rockstar with 20 months of VIP. Do you think the consoles will go submodels and PC will become a home for indies? No, I don't think consoles are going submodel. I don't know why people keep doing this. Listen. There is a notion that I would like to wail on right now. Okay? 
And this is the notion that the industry's doing this because Xbox is doing it. What? No. No. The industry's not doing this. Nintendo's not doing this. PlayStation's not doing this. Steam is not doing this. Okay? The biggest... Let's ignore mobile for a second. The biggest gaming platforms are not doing what Xbox is doing. They're not. And this this wet blanket of attemptive comfort to be like, Oh, everybody's doing this. No. Well, if we misquote and misrepresent Hiroki Totoki, PlayStation's doing this. No. And Nintendo's not doing it. And Steam's not doing it. The industry is not chasing the market loser. Like, I don't know how many times we have to revisit this. This is what's going on. We went from... It's totally legitimate for Microsoft and Xbox to make these games exclusive. They bought these companies. They have every right to make these games exclusive. We went from that to... There's no way these games are going to PlayStation. To, well, it's only going to be smaller titles. To, okay, looks like it's going to be a lot more titles, but this is just what the industry's doing. Pick a narrative and stick with it. Pick one. It's, it's like the horse in the Wizard of Oz. It's like you blink and it changes colors. You're like, wait, what? Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Wait, hang on a minute. I thought it was totally great and legitimate to do exclusives. They bought these companies. They were going to do exclusives. Well, and then I thought it was... Then I thought it was, wait, no. There's no way any of these games are going to go to other platforms. And it was, oh, no, it's only going to be smaller titles. And it was, oh, no, it's going to be a lot more titles. And the industry's doing this. What? What are you talking about? So, I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm tired of that. Like... Tell me what your opinion is. Don't just come up with a way to make this seem like this is totally great and fine. We all acted like this wasn't going to happen. We all acted like there's no chance Xbox does this. And then when they do it, you're like, well, this is where the industry's headed. What? Nintendo's not doing it. Is Steam doing it? Is Steam pushing a subservice model? No. And I know that Sony is saying budgets for games are getting very big. We're considering protecting margins, looking at multiple platforms like PC. I know they're saying that. That doesn't mean everyone's turning into like basically a quasi-publisher. That's a complete misread of what's going on. Microsoft is basically saying we own so much property Publishing is our route to profitability. PlayStation saying something completely different. PlayStation is saying the biggest titles, the biggest studios, th- th- their budgets are so large, we have to consider maximizing profit, and PC is a great way to do that. And we also have to remember that nothing Hiroki Totoki said hinted at day and date. It just was echoing what they've been saying for a while. We're setting our sights beyond the console. 
we're setting our sights on PC, mobile, cloud. We're setting our sights on more avenues for our games to be enjoyed, to maximize profit. That's not the same as saying we just spent 90 billion. Satya Nadella tells investors, this is what we've always set out to do. Make great games and put them on all platforms. What platforms are those, Satya? Xbox and consoles and PC and mobile. That's a completely different outlook and strategy and statement than Hiroki Totoki being like, we're looking to maximize profit by taking things into avenues like PC. They're not even saying the same thing. They're they're completely different statements. The idea that the minute Xbox does something, that's what the industry is doing. That's a mirage, dude. You're you're absolutely getting sold a bill of goods by people saying that. That is not true. We see no indications that Nintendo and PlayStation are mimicking that model of day and date and prioritizing the sub model and taking first party property and putting it on other platforms. N- no. Especially Nintendo. I can't see Nintendo ever doing any of this. Now, I could see Nintendo maybe looking into PC. Maybe. They could look into a launcher. They could look into emulation. I've always thought Nintendo should be monetizing emulation, but whatever. Like, that's a whole other debate. Game preservation. I think the way that we achieve game preservation is you have to monetize it because you need the companies to be behind it. And the only way you get companies behind it is with money. You're never going to get them to do anything in the vein of game preservation just out of the goodness of their hearts. These companies are not moved by ideology. They are moved by money. Welcome to the real world. Companies don't give a rip about you or me or game preservation. If they say they care about it, there's money attached somewhere if they care about it. The Xbox PR people, I'm sorry, the Xbox PR are trying to make people feel okay with the erosion of the brand that they bought into. Right, it's this, again, it's this big mirage. It's this big mirage. It's like, well, this is fine because everybody else is going to do this. And it's like, I don't see any evidence of that. Where's the where's the evidence that that's what that's what's happening? PlayStation's been putting games on PC for a while now. That's not even like a oh my gosh, it's they're maximizing profit. They're not turning into a publisher. They're completely different actions. My initial thought when I saw PSVR2 to PC news today was good. That hardware is too good not to be in more hands. That's exactly right. And it's not a threat to PS5 hardware. Do you want to know why? Because nobody's buying the PSVR 2 first. They're not. Nobody's like, let me get the PSVR 2 and uh, and also let me get a PS5. The PSVR 2 attach rate was largely, almost probably entirely, people who already had PS5s. So the VR 2 is not driving PS5 sales. It's an accessory to the PS5. So again, it's no threat. It's not like, oh, yep, they're going... They're turning into a publisher. What? Wait, what? No. That, that's that's not a logical deduction. It's just, a, oh yeah, they're doing something that includes PC, so they're turning into a publisher. PS Now and PS Plus have been streaming on, PS, on PC for a decade. Right? Like, none of this is new. 
It's it's not it's not a seismic shift in strategy or a pivot. Xbox is pivoting. It's changing. Now Phil Spencer can say all he wants. This is not a fundamental change. I don't know how you could say that. You know, four titles in rapid succession. Boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, they're all on other platforms. Before the summer gets here, you got four titles landing on other platforms. That's a, This has been... I kept saying it last year, at the end of last year and early this year. I said, I feel like we are watching the evolution of Xbox, and it just keeps speeding up. I said, it's like a train that's picking up momentum. When Phil said what he said to Famitsu, I was like, this is happening, man. This is happening faster than I thought. And then the CFO said what he said. And then Sati Nadella said what he said. And then the rumors came out. And then the insiders started talking. And then the podcast happened. And then yesterday happened. And it's like, I can't even keep up. Xbox is evolving so quickly. And, surprise, surprise, the people that support Xbox, they're having to evolve just as fast. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, Doc Dark, I love you. I love you. But he's like, I'm evolving as a person. And I'm like, about as fast as Xbox did. (laughs) It's like, it's like those time-lapse videos, you know, where they speed everything up. It's like, oh, well, yeah, no, exclusives are bad. Like, what? (laughs) This is where the industry's going. I'm evolving. I'm changing my position. It, it seems like you literally are only doing that because this this happened. You just lock in step with everything they do. Come on. <laughs> uh, I had to get him. He's my boy. But I had to get him on Twitter. I was like, "What happened to you, Doc?" Three years ago, he's like, exclusives are better for the players. Like, what happened to you? (laughs) I had to do it to him. Like, what are you out of here saying? I'm tired of that, dude. Exclusives are anti-consumer. Anti-consumer is a misnomer. It's not a term that makes any sense. Why? Because it assumes there are things that are pro-consumer. Nothing's pro-consumer. Every decision these companies make is pro-profit. And if they've convinced you that this is pro-consumer, then you're just a sucker. Because all you're doing is is buying into this, this facade of altruism, this facade of an ideology, so that they can get your money. There, there's no such thing as pro-consumer. There never has been. We use these terms because we're like, well, this thing, we've said that about Helldivers. We're like, this monetization is pro-player. And what we really mean is it's leaning toward the player in a way that is, it's, it's, it's something you can interact with and not feel like you're being taken advantage of. But don't be fooled. The only reason they're doing that is because the developers decided this is the best way for us to make profit. It's driven by profit. It's not driven by you. They're not like, well, we we really care about the player. No, you care about profitability. Charging for goods and services is anti-consumer. Yeah, the notion that exclusives is anti-consumer, it's like, how many developers have come out and said that building for one ecosystem is better for us? You get the product to market faster. It's better optimized. 
and it's easier on us as the developer. And you're like, it's anti-consumer. Shut up. Just shut up. Like, your idea, the ideologies are tiring. They're exhausting because they basically, like, they basically posture like it's an us versus them. It's us, the consumer, against these greedy corporate overlords. And it's like, no, we're all in this together. It's a symbiotic relationship. You can't be pro-gamer and constantly wail on the developers for doing what's necessary to make money because that's what they're supposed to do. Now, yes, there are scummy practices. We should call out scummy practices when they're trying to do things like Genshin does with the pity and the almost one and the sunk cost and so you keep spending money right sure we can call out scummy practices but to act like exclusives are somehow anti-consumer when you you get a product faster and at better quality and the developers like it and then yes you can port it to other platforms later I have no problem with timed exclusivity if that's the goal I have no problem with that. But you can't sit here and act like building a game for the Nintendo Switch or building a game for the PS5. They've invested the money, the R&D, the tech. They worked hand-in-hand with the developers to ensure that the product you know, can come to market in a good way, optimized and on time. You can't sit here and say that's anti-consumer when consumers benefit from it. It's not anti-consumer. What it is is it's you don't like it. That's what it is. There are plenty of consumers that bought a PS5 or bought a Nintendo Switch and they get a bunch of great games. Those consumers are happy. Why is your consumer ideology more important than theirs? Why do you just get to speak for the consumer blank check like, yeah, that's anti-consumer? What are you you talking about? Did they did they put did they bring a a product to market with a value proposition? Yes. Did people buy it and get value transmission? Yes. Is the consumer happy with their purchase? Yes. Then what in the world are you talking about? Oh, I get it. It's anti-consumers like you. I ideologues who think games should just be everywhere. Developers should just build their game for every platform. And, and spread their budget and their optimization and their efficacy thin, they should do that because that's pro-consumer. Yes, it's so great to get multi-plat titles that were clearly not ready for launch but had to come to market anyway because eventually you got to crap or get off the pot and we get games that aren't even ready for launch like Jedi Survivor. That's great. Yes, let's all stand and just raise a flag for that nonsense these because everybody talks out of both sides of their mouth like these budgets are so big they're not sustainable but then you want companies to basically expand the product's reach expand the budget spread everything all the way out and do multi-plat every single time they launch a title and but they also better not charge any more money it's anti-consumer because it's making me spend more money and I don't want to spend more money I like money I want to keep it and I still have the things Right. You can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. I'm telling you, the, the, the ideology of a lot of these people that go out here and they, they create content and they create they create tweet threads and create everything. It's like all you're doing is just creating some notion that developers should take on more work 
and take longer to bring something to market but not charge any more money what you're asking for is it's just I'm sorry it's idiotic it's absolutely idiotic in any business realm if you came to them and said we think that you should take on extra work we think you should extend the length of the product coming to market and we also think that you better not raise the price you better not have any monetization baked in you better not have any extra additive ways to recoup costs the average business person would say you sound like an idiot but that's what people are arguing for when they argue for exclusivity is anti-consumer games should launch everywhere as when gold says i can't wait for nintendo and playstation to die so there are no consoles and games are just everywhere everywhere where pcs you think pcs are going to take over the world i know the pc master race guys think that because they're 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 drunk on this hubris that 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 that's what that's what's coming is oh it's all it's pc it's all going to be pc it's like no there's literally no way you're going to convince that level of market share to just suddenly abandon what they've done since childhood. We've been buying consoles since the Coleco and the Atari, and we're suddenly going to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to abandon everything I know and head over to an environment that costs more money. There's a stigma about it being confusing and hard. I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying there's a stigma. The, the, the anti-exclusive diatribes and suddenly acting like oh this is great this is fantastic exclusives are bad it's it's not driven and this is why I get frustrated by it the people that are suddenly like yeah exclusives are bad this is where the industry's going I'm glad Microsoft's doing this it's not driven by what they believe it isn't because they didn't believe it until this week They didn't. They didn't believe it until this week. So it doesn't feel genuine. It, it literally feels like a parrot. It's a parrot in a cage. That when the newspaper gets changed, they just say whatever they see in front of them. That's what it feels like. It just feels like a parrot. It's like you're just parroting. You're not... I want to know what you think. What do you think? You know what I think. I don't... Th- this is what I think. People can make fun of me. People can put me in clips. You can, you can put me in videos. I don't care. It's what I think. You're not getting some parroted, like, oh no, yeah, I just suddenly think this now. Eugene says, yes, let's remove two of the, the largest sources of games investment and still expect the same amount of games to be made. Yeah, just kill long-standing, you know, pillars of the industry like Nintendo and PlayStation. Let's just get rid of them. That'd be so great for the gaming industry. You want to talk about a power vacuum, all that would come in the way of that would be Everybody would just clamor to mobile. You think they'd clamor to PC? <laughs> they would clamor to they would clamor to mobile. In that if that happened in that vacuum, are you kidding me? Buy spot from Shattered Glass says People didn't buy the games and the Game Pass cannibalized the console. That's why this is happening. Eventually Game Pass will cost more or be gone. All right, see you, Twisted Sin. Did I miss something from you, Twisted Sin? Did you do a super chat or something? I feel like you did. No, I didn't. Okay, I was worried that I missed something. Oh, you did it. You did a. Um, you re-upped a while ago. 
you bought the shirt. That's right. I thank you for that. Exclusives work case by case, in my opinion, says Hilly. Like for Nintendo being aggressive in protection of their IP, it works for them. Okay, let's take Spider-Man as a test case. So the Insomniac leaks gives us this in, we get this inside look at how incredibly expensive the budget and you know how threatened the margins are. And hilariously, people see that and they think the solution is multiplat. You are basically saying I know how to calm down this fire. I'm going to pour gas on it. Gas is a liquid, right? I got this gasoline here. It's a liquid. You put liquid on a fire, it'll put it out. It's like, that. that's the simplicity of the view. It's so, it's, it's, it honestly, it just sounds like a simpleton. It's like, oh, oh, oh. They're struggling to make margins. The budgets are too big. I have a, I just have a crack squad solution. Make it cost more money to build. And they're like, well, it'll, it'll, it'll be on more places. It'll sell more. Oh my gosh. You, you understand that you just elongated time to market by a year minimum, a year minimum. Do you know the cost involved there? Building a game and being like, what? Let's just do another year. Like, you know, your time to market on a single platform exclusive. Let's say it's four to five years. And you're like, oh my, this is really expensive. Um, (laughs) This is really expensive. What are we going to do? I have a a great way to save money. Um, Let's make it take longer to come to market. Let's make it more expensive to make this game. And let's really hope that the product lands in a good and a polished way, which we know that's harder to do when you're building for multiple platforms. And let's hope that when we do this, the demand for the product is equal on all the platforms where we deliver it. So Spider-Man 3, oh, this is it. This is it. This is the freaking linchpin right here. Think about this. If the demand and the total quantity of sales for Spider-Man 3 is much higher for PlayStation, smaller for Xbox, and so-so over here on PC, right? Demand and quantity varies. Do you know what you're doing? You're taking an enormous risk because you're assuming and you're presuming we're going to take on all these additive costs and we're going to elongate the project and demand and markets vary. So, like, if this game hits the Switch 2 and Xbox and PC, it's going to sell in varying degrees on those platforms. That's why it's a, it's a massive amount of risk. It's like, oh, well, it's on more platforms. You're automatically going to make more money. What? What? No. What you have to do is you have to ask a question. What's the additive cost for this game to come to market? And for it to take about a year, maybe a year and a half more. And then there's the there's the incurred risk of the product itself 
might have more bugs, more glitches. The quality might not be there. It might actually slow down developer efficacy, so maybe they don't get to add the features they wanted to add. Maybe they don't get to add certain things that they thought would be really, really good. So you end up having to cut certain things, right? Why? Because, listen, we need MVP. We need a minimum viable product. We need something to ship in, in, in five or six years or more. And the only way we're going to get there is you're going to have to cut those things. It's, it's not as simple as, well, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and 3 plus 3 equals 6. It's a higher number. It's more people. It's more sales. It's more money. No, it's not that simple. Anybody who thinks it's that simple is not considering all of the risk and all of the incurred costs that would come from just suddenly saying, well, yeah, let's make Spider-Man 3 a multi-plat. Let's put it everywhere. Let's put it on the Switch 2. Let's put it on Xbox. Because exclusives are bad, right? So even if it's a console exclusive, it's bad, right? Like Helldivers 2. Helldivers 2 is a console exclusive. It's on console and PC. That's bad. According to the ideology. A PC port is nothing compared to the revenue from PC. There it is, though. That's the trick, isn't it, Michael? A PC port. That's not the same as parallel development. The incurred costs and challenges and project length all change when you don't do a, here's the game, here's the product, nice and polished, nice and optimized, here you go, Nixus, port this. That is a completely different animal than saying, we are going to parallel develop this game for multiple platforms over the next X number of years. They're entirely different economically. And that's what everybody misses. Because you're correct. It makes perfectly good sense. Because it's like, we've already built the game. The, the large sum of the cost that went into building this game has already happened. And porting it is a fraction of what we might make by going to, a, a, this plat- by going to another platform over here. A five spot from Shattered Glass. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I love exclusives. The great ones, mind you. Game of the Year exclusives sell consoles. Bad ones don't, as we've now found out. It's just that simple. Keep in mind, Zubair says, graphics, APIs, PC, and Xbox are the same API. Not hard to port. PS5 is a completely different API. Switch is completely different hardware. This is, this is exactly right. This, this utopian, simpleton view of like, well, no, the game should just be everywhere. I just, it, it just, it just, I don't believe it. I don't believe that it's as easy and as simple as everybody makes it. There's too many developers that have spoken contrary to it. There's too many. <clears throat> the irony is, just as AI is about to make development a whole lot cheaper, the company, hang on, I'm closing a window here. There we go. Uh, a whole lot cheaper. The company all in on AI. Microsoft has given up on the original strategy. I think AI's just slowed down. I think it's just slow. It's just slowed down. I think AI is still going to come out. You're acting like exclusive games don't have bugs. You're putting words in my mouth. I never said that. Never once said that exclusives don't have bugs. Developers are on record saying it's easier, it's better, it's more optimized, and it can come to market faster. Do you know what all of those things are? It's a recipe for better margins. It's a better. It's a recipe for 
more predictable margins. You start adding in extra years of development time because you want to bring a game to multiple platforms like the Switch uh, and PC and Xbox. You're I, Again, I think people sit back and armchair it. They Monday morning quarterback it. You know, they're like, yeah, man, well, this is just stupid. It's anti-consumer. If they just put these games on more platforms, they'd make more money. It's like, no. Do you want to know why I know that's not true? Because companies are driven by profit. If they are these big, greedy corporate overlords, and see, this is where people contradict themselves. They create this ideology. They create this picture that these companies are greedy and all they care about is money. And then in the next breath, they argue that they could make way more money if they made the games multi-plat. Do you understand that you just contradicted yourself? If they could make heaps more money and way more cash and if it was way more profitable to put their games everywhere they would do it because their shareholders would say according to market research and according to profit analysis you'd make more money if you put these games everywhere why aren't you doing it they, they have to answer to that they'd be like it, it, they are driven by profit and money So to in one breath say exclusives are anti-consumer, they're greedy, they're driven by greed, all they care about is making money, and then you're also going to say they would make way more money if they just put the games everywhere. You just argued with yourself. You're like Ed Norton punching yourself in Fight Club. Like, what? PC is definitely not a a big AAA space. Yeah, do you think that if GTA 6 could maximize profit by by landing on PC day and date, you don't think they would do that? Now, people are going to argue, and they're going to say, well, here's the deal. They're only doing that so they can double dip. Okay, maybe. Do you honestly think the number of people that end up buying GTA 6 on PC, what's the percentage that you think are double dipping? What's like what's the percent percentage that are double dipping? Again, if the argument is they would make more money, they would they would make more profit if they would just make the all games multiplat, the the companies would do they would do it. Because, but they know, they know that it's not that simplistic. It's not a contradiction, it's a cyclical argument. No, a cyclical argument is an argument that basically says, this is good because it's good. Like, circular reasoning, like they come back around, like they reason or they assert that this is good. Why is it good? Well, because it is good. Like, that's just kind of looping back around to the assertion it's not cyclical it's a it contradicts itself it's self-refuting it's like these companies are driven by greed this is anti-consumer supporting supporting clause they would make more money if they put these games everywhere wait a minute you just said that they're only doing this because they're greedy and it's anti-consumer if they could make more money by putting the games everywhere according to your premise they would do it your premise says they're only motivated by money because they're greedy. So th- your, your, your premise gets refuted by your supporting argument. It doesn't even make any sense. I'm not going to lie. I double and even triple uh, dipped. Uh, I got GTA 5 on PC because of the 5. 
<clears throat> M servers. I'm sure there's an angle. I'm sure there's an angle as to they know they can get multi, you know, multiple purchases, multiple access points. But I, I just think they know there, there's a there's a better audience out of the gate for them to land on a console with AAA titles like that. That's just AAA land. Have you ever watched PC Game Show? Do the big AAA studios show up to make a bunch of announcements? Where do the big AAA studios show up? And where do they talk? And where do they announce? And where do they launch? On the consoles. Like, what what are we even talking about? You know what I mean? Eugene says, math illustration. I can spend $1 million today and in a year make $2 million. But if I spend $1.5 million today and I'll make $3 million in two years, I'm doing the first option every time because of the time value of money. That's exactly right. A million of profit in a year versus one and a half million profit in two years. You wasted an extra year to only gain half a mil. Exactly right. And with inflation, that 1.5 million, its value erodes. It's not actually, it ends up not actually being an equal, like, yet we got a half a million more by, by extending the prof, by extending the project for a year. Edward Hulse with seven months and a member. Been refreshing the PlayStation Store to find Pentiment. It doesn't look like it released yet. Also, Hi-Fi getting physical is great for preservation. I don't know if it's great for preservation. It's a limited run, but... It's funny. I've heard a lot of people saying that PlayStation has nothing in 2024 and all of a sudden Helldivers is the top game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hang on one second. I've been seeing that a lot too, Ghost Wolf. I have. And the notion that, you know, PlayStation doesn't have anything this year. It's driven by, like I said, it's like the death rattle of the console war. You know what I mean? It's like, it's dead. It's over, but it's still twitching. You know, its foot twitches every now and again. And this is the de- this is one of the death rattles. Oh yeah, but you know, your PlayStation, if these Xbox titles weren't coming over, PlayStation wouldn't have anything. What? What do you mean? What about Helldivers 2? What about Grand Blue Fantasy Relink? What about Stellar Blade? What about Rise of Ronin? What about Concord? What about Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth? What about Pacific Drive? What about Forever Skies? What about the Silent Hill 2 remake? That's a lot. The pushback is, well, those aren't first party. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'll make sure and enjoy them less then. I'll, mental note. Mental note. <laughs> They're all exclusives. They're console exclusives. Helping PlayStation say, hey, these are all the games you get this year just on our platform. I'll make sure and every time I boot it up to remind myself... Well, these studios, you know, PlayStation's paying for the publishing, which that makes it first party, according to Phil Spencer. But, uh, you know, PlayStation's paying for the publishing and the, and the rights and the exclusivity. But the studio's not owned by PlayStation, so I'm going to enjoy this a little bit less. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just utter foolishness, man. I can only laugh at it. It's just silly. 
Yeah, Concord's first party. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. I guess Con- you get, well, you get, we got Concord. That's all we get. Yo, Michael with the two spots says, console market's oversaturated. PC is where growth. Huh? The console market's oversaturated? I'm not sure what you mean by that. I think, are you trying to say that console market is at saturation? A lot of people have observed that. The console market is not growing. It's like, these are the people that are going to buy consoles and play on consoles, right? PC market has signs of growth over the next 10 years. Now, some of that is a global projection. It's not like a, there are still going to be large pockets where you won't see like this groundswell of people switching to PC. You just won't. But there are pockets where, yes, PC market's gonna 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 grow very fast. This is why I forget what year it was, but like Capcom and PlayStation looked at the projections for PC growth, and then they made these moves. So like they wanted a stronger presence on PC. PlayStation especially was like, there's gonna be a lot of growth over there. Eugene says, if PC was a place for growth of AAA games, Resident Evil Four would have sold more. A wouldn't have sold more on the PlayStation. No first party who cares. Watch as the year rolls on. Sony will announce more stuff. They've been keeping releases close to the chest. That's true, and I gotta be honest with you. I want Ghost of Tsushima 2 to cook as long as it needs, and I wouldn't want it to launch this year. I wouldn't have any time. There's There's too many games. That's likely going to be the case going forward. I think a lot of these studios and a lot of these companies, they're now hitting a stride and it's probably not going to slow down. Especially with the downsizing and the layoffs, you're going to see a lot of smaller studios crop up and, you know, little little double-A studios, things like that. And that's just going to increase cadence of delivery. Like, I think you're going to have more games like Helldivers break out titles from AA studios that were able to take the risks and to try new things. They're more agile and, and they're just, they're able to do things that the bigger studios aren't able to do. I think you're going to see more $40 and $50 games going forward. I think the 70 the 80 like as prices go up for the big tent poles, I think you're also going to see like what Spider-Man 3 is apparently going to try to do is it's going to like launch in two parts and each part's going to cost 50 Apparently grounded is cross-save. Pentiment on Switch and PlayStation. No Xbox login involved. No cross-save has trophies on PlayStation. Grounded requires Nintendo Sony service for online. Microsoft sign-in allows cross-play, cross-save, shared worlds, trophies on PlayStation. There you go. The console market's not growing since the Wii or the PlayStation 2. So I think you just used the wrong word. It's not that it's oversaturated. I think what you're what you were intending to say is they've plateaued like they've hit their max saturation oversaturated usually conveys the idea that the battle royale market's oversaturated what that means is there's too many big players that have already saturated the ground and no one else is going to be able to get a foothold in there the 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 word you use just kind of threw me off it's not it's not usually used in the way that you used it
That's dumb. Each platform has their own general demographic who gravitate towards certain types of games. So even if every platform has an equal number of players, certain games would just sell more. I'm not sure what you're arguing, Grim. Spider-Man 3 releasing in two smaller parts. Sign me up. That sounds great. These 80-plus hour games are becoming too much. Yeah, but Spider-Man 2 wasn't even that long. If you didn't go completionist, it was like a 25-hour game. Oversaturated implies that a lot of the material is about to fall out of solution. Yeah, approaching saturation. Right, right. I think I understand what he's saying now. Gotta admit the show's lit today. Man, I appreciate you guys hanging out. I really, really do. Um, we, uh, we've had a great day, and a lot of the times we go to an upload... Uh, I do not have an upload for you today. We've been doing less uploads. We would like those uploads to be a little bit higher quality, so we might take a little bit more time with them. We also would like the uploads to be a little bit more opinion-based, um, you know, than we have done as well. Um, and we also have a big member goal, and I'll give you guys an update on that. We are at, we are still at twenty-eight fifty. Oh, that's right. We haven't. We I said that when we were at this. So we're at twenty-eight fifty. Which basically means you need 130 members to get to three grand, because mine mine get added in every 25. So, uh, if we get that before Friday night, we'll do a big community game night Friday night. Every member tier is invited. We're gonna play Hell Divers too. I'm really hoping that between today and tomorrow, they can really smooth out the servers, because that'll be that'll be peak time to try to play. And we are gonna do our own Hell Divers two PVP. It's going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss it. So if you want to help us hit that goal, you can gift members right now, or you can jump in as a member. Make sure you're here as often as you can. That's how you uh, you increase the likelihood of getting a gifted member. We'll go for another 10 minutes or so, another maybe maybe 15, uh, and then we're going to bounce. Um, we're going to bounce to members. Hellblade coming to PS5 at launch or no? I don't think so. I, too much of the Hellblade marketing seems rooted in like. It's Xbox. It's coming to Xbox. I, I had... We, when Creature and I were booking this show last night, and we got on the subject of others, other games coming, he thinks Hellblade 2, and I'm like, I just don't think so. It's not been in development long enough. I'm actually concerned about the game's quality for that reason. Right? I, I'm worried about the game's quality for that reason. It's not had a long enough development window. For them to have been parallel developing Hellblade 2 this entire time. Yo, a brand new member from Cobra Venom. I love seeing that, man. Not waiting for a gifted and picks that $6 tier. Oh yeah, you're right, Trill. Let's do that. Let's do that. We like to end the streams with a members-only chat. And this is like a members-only gaming AMA. Okay? So, this is a great time to gift members because you can pull them into chat. So for the next 15 minutes or so, chat will be members only. If you want to join the discussion, click join. Click the $6 member tier. We have been streaming for 2 hours and 40 minutes. So we don't do this for the entirety of the stream. We do it for, you know, 15, maybe sometimes 30 minutes. And if you want to gift members, this is a great time. You pull people in. You get us closer to that goal. Uh, if you get us to 50, I'll give five more. Sometimes it kind of creates some momentum. We go crazy. And if we get about another 130 members. So if this ends up saying 170 
members today, then we'll we'll hit the goal and we'll be done. You won't have to try to hit it tomorrow. I I usually try to say like, you guys want to hit those goals before Friday because Friday it's a lot harder to hit because I start later on Fridays. So right now, if you want to ask me a question, uh, ask my opinion on something that is just about any of the gaming topics or any of the things going on in gaming, feel free. Um, you know, there's even been some developments on Twitter. I talked about this a little bit ago. You know, I was glad to see uh, and glad to talk to Tim Dog privately before he publicly apologized uh, for attacking me personally and kind of drudging up things from the past. And so I really appreciated him doing that. And I appreciate everybody who has, you know, signal boosted his tweet or uh, or reached out or followed. Um, I really, really do. I appreciate it. Um Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna repost Woolies. Woolies. That's good. Appreciate that. Explain the levels to J dub. Do you think Game Pass and PC day and date has been a failure for Microsoft? Well it, it you have to define failure. Okay. Um, we have to define failure. Angry Reacts plug. Who is that? I'm not familiar with Angry Reacts plug. And the reason you have to define failure is because if you if you define failure um, as well, it plateaued or it didn't grow Xbox enough, then maybe you could argue that it's a failure. Yo, dad, not good. Welcome back as a VIP. I happen to think that Phil Spencer and his plan and Game Pass kept Xbox in the fight. And for that, I believe he deserves some credit. Okay. I've always liked Phil Spencer. Um, oh, he's a big TikTok guy. He got accused of stuff. Okay. Uh, Siege Master, thanks so much for 26 months in a VIP. Great vibes recently, bro. Awesome to see the growth and the reconciliation. Thank you very, very much. So that's the thing is like what, what Zubair is saying, like what was the goal of Game Pass? To me, I feel like the goal was keep us in the fight. Now, obviously, Phil convinces them to stay in the fight 2014, 2015, whenever they were, they were considering shuttering the Xbox division. And for the last 10 years, he has not been able to overcome the the gap between Xbox and PlayStation. He hasn't been able to do it. But what he has done is he has kept the Xbox brand relevant in gaming. Okay? And his email, the one email said something to the effect of like, our our path to future relevancy is in gaming. So for me, was Game Pass a failure or a success? I believe Phil Spencer's plan and his goal and the way they kind of branded around Game Pass and day and date and they you know they they went out and got all these deals and and now they're you know now they're now they're on the other end of acquisitions. I believe that he was successful in keeping Xbox in the gaming conversation and the gaming ecosystem and he kept them relevant, which I believe was extremely hard to do because 
they were in a very, very bad spot. And I, I think he did the absolute best that he could with a terrible situation. Like, I know people are angry at him. I, he's double speak. Okay, he's a PR spin doctor. He's very good. He's a very, he's a wordsmith. I, I gave him mad respect when he completely shifted the dialogue back when it first came out. You know, the CFO said what he said. And he goes and he talks to Windows Central. And he's like, we have no plans to put Game Pass on uh, PlayStation Nintendo. I mean, that was just masterful. He's just like, whoop, whoop. And it's like, you didn't say anything. And he just disappears. You know, it was masterful. And the way that they handled the Xbox podcast, that was probably the first time I said he was the most non-Phil Spencer I'd ever seen Phil Spencer. He was successful at keeping them in third place and not out of the game entirely. Right. And like, you got to give him credit for that. You got to give him credit for that. The odds were seemingly insurmountable and he kept them in the fight. And now he has put Microsoft in a position to have a profitable footprint in gaming. And I bet you Satya Nadella is happy with that. You gifted five and it didn't come through? Let me see if members moved. Let me see if members moved, Siege. Because it was a, uh, tw- a 2850. Yeah, it went up. It went up to 2853, so we netted three. I'll give you credit for it. So right now, we're at 44. We're six away from 50. Thank you, Siege, for gifting those five. You see the teaser from Ben? Looks like Resistance. No, I've not seen that. Wasn't it Phil who ruined the Xbox One generation? I'm not tracking the history of every decision that Phil Spencer made. I'm, I'm saying the sum of Phil Spencer's strategy is that they're still in the fight and they're now in a prime position to make a ton of money in gaming. King Mobile, Call of Duty, you know, multi-plat third-party publishing efforts, cloud. They're in a really great spot and they wouldn't be there if they would have abandoned gaming the way they abandoned the Windows phone and the way they abandoned Zune if they would have abandoned gaming back then, they wouldn't be where they are right now. And I got news for you. When Satya Nadella answers the future and the health of Xbox to shareholders is making great games and putting them on all platforms, those 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 shareholders are like, okay, it sounds like you guys are finally in a position to make this thing work for, for us. We're the, we're the money guys. We're, we're the investors. We're the shareholders. You're finally going to make gaming work for us. Uh, hang on, Sneaky Wolf. Uh, check my last question Lono so do you think Sony is waiting to buy Arrowhead to see how these other games do like what if they buy Arrowhead but then Stellar Blade does really well I think they're going to buy Arrowhead because Arrowhead is is going to be one of their pillars for future live service success I think it's I think I think Helldivers is slowly becoming a, a tentpole it's tentpole live service game you want to play the hot ticket item? You want to play Helldivers? You want to play the latest planets, the latest weapons, the latest stratagems? You know, the latest DLC? I, I think they're going to scoop them up. I think, the, I think before this year ends, they have purchased Arrowhead and helped with 
and help with funding and servers and hiring. Yes. Because what Arrowhead needs right now is stability because they don't want to overhire. And a great way to, to get there is to come under the arm of PlayStation. Slowly grow. Don't overhire. Right? The CEO is out there saying, we don't want to overhire. That leads to laying off. And we don't want to do that. I, I think PlayStation buys them. Yes. You think Arrowhead will want to bet on themselves and stay independent? Oh, no. Meteoric growth is terrifying, Jake. Because meteoric growth can lead to reactionary hiring. It can lead to, you know, they all of a sudden, whoa, they go way up too close to the sun and they come crashing back down. I think being owned by PlayStation right now would sound really nice and very safe. Ghost Wolf says, we're six away from the member goal. We are. We are. Let's hit 50 and I'll drop a five. Come on, boys. Let's end the day strong. We're going to stream for probably like five more minutes and then we're going to go to members. They get bought by Sony and all bets are off the table with all respect. I'm not sure what you're saying, Jake. They already said they're not going to overhire. Yep. Great way to slowly grow is look at Insomniac, look at Gorilla, look at the look at the companies that have been purchased by Sony and they've had good slow growth and they've had great quality games come out. I think Arrowhead's going to find that to be compelling if PlayStation comes to the table and says, "Look at what we've been able to do with these other studios. We can put you on that same we can put you on that same path." It protects you, it makes you it makes you safe. You don't got to worry about what if everything goes belly up. It's like, no, we're going to keep the investment. We're going to keep you guys going. We're going to, we believe in this product. It means they're more than likely already working on an offer. Airhead needs more servers. The CEO spoke out about that. It's not that just, it's not as simple as like, we just need more servers. They need to fix like back end code it's they're trying to do optimization back then so when they start scaling up more servers it's all ready to go Sony always buys smaller studios that they've had partnerships with for years that's exactly right and it's usually they wait for a moment like this like when a game comes out and it's just undeniably great or they're like okay it's time to scoop you up you're on you're on our team now thank you we got you you're ours you know it makes sense. CEO has been very responsive to people. Yeah. He's been great. The report that they had gotten consulting from Bungie was false. VG247 did not write an article. It didn't. Nobody nobody has penned an article claiming that. I've also not seen anybody from Arrowhead say that. I, the CEO would say that. Oh, yeah, we really appreciate Bungie. They helped us out. No, that hasn't been publicly stated. Now, did Bungie have a chance to look at the project and give input? I think that's probably a fair assumption to make. But as far into development as this game was, when Bungie had onboarded... 
Deej, is that a new five or is that the or is that the one that you did finally hitting? Is that a new one or a second one? Let me check the back end here. Yeah, that's a new one. There it is. 49 members on the day. Thank you so much. You're the man, Siege. Bungie did not oversee any development. That was false. Right, like, by the time Bungie got onboarded and their first task, seemingly, this is what it seems like, once they were onboarded, their first task was to look at The Last of Us Online. Because if you go back and you look at the, the slides about bringing them on board, there was like an onboarding process. They didn't just like buy Bungie and throw them at the live service games and <clears throat> the live service studios. They bought them and then there was a period of time. And Raven does it. Raven secures the final gifted needed for 50. Thank you so much, Raven. There you go. And I'm going to give you guys five right now. And another one from Peyton Keith. That's Agent of Chaos pushing us past the 50. I appreciate it very, very much. Let me bump it here. I don't know if you guys can get us to 75 in five minutes, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. If you can do it in five minutes, I owe you another five. Maybe Arrowheads should supervise Bungie. No, I don't think so. I think Bungie has had a very different track record, and a lot of what they're dealing with is franchise fatigue. They're also just dealing with unforeseen circumstances. Like, how do you plan for your 8th and ninth and 10th year as a live service game? You know? Lancelot gifts another one and bumps the line again and takes us to 52. Thank you so much. I like oh you were joking. I was going to say like I don't I don't think Helldiver I don't think Arrowhead would have much input for Bungie. Tom Warren reporting that Bungie has controversially banned a Destiny 2 player who has completed its prestigious world's first raid competition four times. Cruz has been banned because Anti-Cheat picked up an economy mod app for a different single-player game that doesn't interact with Destiny 2. This will likely lead to more questions around the privacy aspects of Anti-Cheat engines that can scan your PC at a kernel level. Did I retweet that and be like, man, controversial bans from Destiny. (laughs) Now you report on controversial bans? now (laughs) you know in February of 2021 not a peep about me (laughs) Uh, we were at 2,866 that means you guys are basically 100 members away because 100 members means I gift 20 so that's 120 that's pretty good you guys are right there I don't know if we're going to be able to do that tomorrow I don't PC dude cheat too much. I mean, having an economy mod app thing for like a single player game, 
the heck cares about that? What do you think about the Toki's comments about Bungie needing to be better from a business point of view? I'm not surprised that he said that. I'm not surprised that he said that at all. Like, Asian philosophy and business culture is, isn't is down with, with Bungie's... I don't even know what you call it. West Coast... Sauntering West Coast hubris virtue drenched nonsense an Asian company is going to take a look at that especially a Japanese company their culture their philosophy about life existence and business (laughs) what the frick are y'all doing over here knitting classes what why do you think they got rid of some of those people that were out there community managers that were using their platforms to virtue signal and talk about politics and then whining about toxicity and not engaging with the community. Why do you think they walked all those people out the door? Because Sony's like, I don't know what y'all are doing, but this isn't how we do business. So get your house in order. Get your dadgum house in order, Bungie. You know? You, you You got Bungie like, it's a matter of public record that their corporate attorneys like basically met with women to organize a cancel brigade against somebody me and they banned they've they they banned me in a retaliatory way like 7 months later in 2021 like that's the kind of company they are that's the kind of company that that they are like you you really think Sony's going to walk in the room and be like no yeah this is totally fine a vindictive virtue signaling business favor petty company that targets people in the public uh, out of out of revenge or whoever the frick what else motivation they had you honestly think Sony's okay with that Like, the same thing would happen if, like, Twitch got bought by a company that was like, what in the frick are y'all doing over here? A bunch of petty nonsense. Like, who's running the company? What is this? What's going on here? What what, what are we doing? I say good. I I say walk them all out the door. You know? I don't think I'll ever get unbanned, but... It'd be pretty hilarious if I did. All right, we got to go. We got to go. I don't want this to hit three hours. I'm going to post a link in chat, uh, and we are going to get the heck out of here. I don't know why I can't see the link in chat, but... Hey, you might be a member now, and you maybe got gifted a member. This is going to be like a member's hangout after a stream about all of the Xbox games coming over. And we appreciate you getting gifted a member. If we hit the big member goal, you could come Friday nights to a big Helldivers 2 PvP stream. It's going to be hilarious and fun. Make sure you get into our Discord. That is open to all members, uh, gifted, and also those who pay for their own memberships. And we appreciate it greatly. I'm going to end the previous stream and redirect people over uh, who are members. Uh, to come over in here. I don't like streams hitting three hours, so I 